What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, EJ Stewart, and yes, we are back. It's been a little bit of a hiatus for us. I think it's been about two weeks since we've been doing a sports, done a sports talk podcast. So for those, of course, at the end of the show, I always say, you know, we'll be back next week. For those of us waiting for that next week and it didn't come for two weeks in a row, I sincerely apologize. Real life happened. Um, I do a co-host with a school, a, a high college junior, so finals happen. And then oh. I have a nine-to-five job, which decided to do to do, have my schedule be all crazy. Shout out to New York One, though. Love you guys anyway. Um, so that happened. And Christmas happened. And then Christmas happened. You don't understand how many false stars we had with this show. Because like, I, I thought, because we thought at some point it was going to be last weekend, and then it didn't happen. And sports happened also. And then, so we have to, yeah, sports happened. So then Christmas Eve, he's like, okay, we'll do Christmas Eve. And that made no sense considering what we what was going to happen the next day, which was all the basketball chatter in the world. For the Christmas Day games. So today, I come home, and Kendall was like, uh, EJ, I don't know if you've seen this slate tonight, but this is not a ball night. <laughs> Which, when I came home, we were watching, that, like, the Heat versus the, the Raptors was the one. Hell yeah, best game and, of the night. And the other, option was like, the other option was, like, the Nets and the, the Hornets. Yeah, it was some trash game. We're, we're doing this on a Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, December 26th, if you want to look up whatever the slate was. I saw a lot of Cavs. Yeah, there's a lot of hornets, yeah, this, a lot of suns. Yeah, so this was definitely the night to do the podcast. Uh, Hawks, Pistons. I was like, yeah, oh, if we didn't do this podcast tonight, y'all would never get a podcast for the rest of the year. So uh, thank you guys for joining us and sticking in with us as always. Of course, as I said before, Kendall is my co-host. He joins me here today. Uh, Kendall, it's been a long time, man, talking sports, so I'm excited to have you back on. What's up, dude? Yeah, man. Uh, it's Christmas yesterday. Um... I think we had a uh, tonight was not a ball t- tonight was not a ball night, but you could argue last night was or yesterday was a ball night. Uh, plenty of good games, so I'm excited to talk about that. But uh, beyond the NBA, we have uh, obviously week 17. Week 17 in the NFL is it's uh, it's polarizing because there's I mean 75 percent of the games do not matter. Uh, probably more than that. Probably 80 like percent of the games don't matter. But um, You'll have like one or two games that are extremely crucial yeah. and are basically playoff games, so those should be very fun. And then we have the college football playoff, uh, which uh, is going to be highly anticipated. And I think we have one of the, I think I would argue I think the, the most anticipated semifinal match we've had in college football playoff history. You could make that case. I would. This one is high. I think the off top of my head. The one that I think I would still put ahead of this is Jameis. Florida State versus versus Oregon at the Rose Bowl. Jameis, yeah, Jameis versus Mario Mariota. I mean, it's a similar circumstance. But yeah. yeah, there's a similar circumstance to this one too. But, yeah. um, but that one I would say is probably the only one I would say that was because everybody was talking about you know it was Jameis or Mariota, which one? Because so they were in the same draft. It's rare. Yeah, that was that was different. Yeah, and they both were entering by almost all accounts. Yeah, uh, I think Mario was a senior anyway, but Jameis was entering, so yeah. we all knew this was the game. So. Uh, the game didn't turn out the way we would have hoped. It, helped, it turned out great for me as yeah. a Miami Hurricane fan. It was not a good game. Uh, but for anyone else who <laughs> wanted to see two hot hot shot QB prospects play at the highest level, that game did not turn out well. Oregon routed Florida State in that game. Uh, but, yeah, this one is huge. So we'll be talking about that later on in the show. I'm excited to see what you think of those two games. Um, but I do want to start the show again talking about Christmas Day basketball. Uh, the big slate of games. 
first of all, we got it. I know this is a really weird segue, but I'm just going to do it. I, I feel like this is going to be a very freewheeling podcast today. Can, can, these people got to start complaining about the Knicks playing on Christmas Day. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the guy, EJ. To agree or complain? To complain. No, they got to no, stop I'm, this. Well, I'll preface it by saying this. I don't think, like, in a vacuum, like, the Knicks shouldn't be playing, should never play on Christmas Day. or Like, I understand the tradition. I understand all that. But from an, a business perspective, from the NBA, right? I looked at the ratings. I could probably find them now. I, it was like a quick The Knicks thing. were in fourth. Knicks were in fourth. Before, the Knicks box was a little bit ahead of the, the late, the dark match. We talked about the late game. <laughs> Jazz. The wrestling fans, you'll get what we mean when we say dark match. Um, but regardless, like, that game could have been much higher rated. If, imagine. If, if you had, like, real teams. Imagine playing. if that game was Toronto-Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know. See, people are watching. Man, you say that, but I, I can't. I don't I think, know. I, think, I don't. I'm be honest. I can't say that I for think sure. In 2018, we're overrating the Knicks brand. No, I'm not. Nah, I'm gonna New fight you. On, I'll fight you on this. I can't say that for sure. The now, team's not good. Nobody Toronto wants to people. Pe- I'm telling you, man. There's a reason why the NBA and these these companies, uh, you know, the cable companies, ESPN. Well, it's really only ESPN. But I guess TNT too when they do playoffs. There's a reason why they like these big market teams. It was because they draw. And the Knicks, yes, they're a terrible franchise, but I don't know if you're getting the numbers that they got nationally with Toronto that they would have gotten with New York last time. I, I can't I cannot say that for sure because they every, got it with Portland and Utah at ten thirty. It wasn't that close though. Portland, for, Portland and Utah was, was at one point five. Right. And the Knicks was like in the twos. Knicks was at the Knicks were at two point two. And then the Rockets Thunder was at three point eight. So it was closer. It was, it was closer to the the Portland game yeah. than what to the next game I right after. I just think that the, I, like, I, I all think, right, now we can turn on nah, the real but basketball. To, to me, it's just it's just like the NBA playoffs. I think that 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 twelve noon is a graveyard. It's the graveyard shift. So I mean, not for us as a basketball fan. We watch any. Oh yeah, we watch anything, and well, we're New Yorkers. That's the first so, game we so, wake up and we're like, so, all yeah, right, it's Eastern time. It's noon. Nothing's going on. So like, it does. But for people who are traveling, people you know, people on the West Coast. Like I don't think that oh if I'm in the West Coast I'm gonna wake up I'm waking up to watch Kawhi Leonard. They're not doing that. They're not. I mean we keep saying so they're gonna wake up to watch. (laughs) No, my point. But my point is that New York has a bigger market. So the people in New York, I don't know how that. I'm sure that game did well in New York. I'd almost assure you that they it did. It probably did. So you can get more people watching that game in New York than watching Toronto play play them in Toronto. Toronto's not a small city. No, but it's, nothing is New York City. Obviously, it's not New York City. And it's definitely not New York City. But, of the places you're going to name, Toronto is not one of them. They, I've seen people mention Indiana. Indiana's not drawing anybody at new. So, so, so people got to stop complaining about that. Harden versus Westbrook. But for number one, so one, I disagree with you on that. I know I did not know. I think that this was going to become where we got <laughs> Christmas Day takes. Uh, please stay, please stay with us if you want to listen to the rest of the show. There's plenty of great stuff. LeBron, all that stuff's <laughs> happening. But, but my thing is, number one. I, none of those other teams people are complaining about. Denver. I've heard people talk about Denver. No, nobody's waking up at noon to watch those teams play. No, They're not. It, yeah. It so, so my thing is, okay, that's one. The teams you're asking about, it's not like they missed any big market teams. All the teams you're mentioning are small market teams that aren't drawing anybody. I mean, again, I would argue Toronto. My second thing is, as a New York Knicks fan and a Nick and a New Yorker who's had to sit through watching the Detroit Lions every year on Thanksgiving, y'all got to get over it. I'm sorry. I, I had to sit there and watch trash football for 
decades. The Knicks are not in a situation where they're on it every year. They're on it most years. But, last but I mean, the, li- the Lions were rewarded for 20, 30 years of futility. And they still on Thanksgiving Day. So my thing is, y'all got five games. At least in the NFL, you used, used to be only two for a long time. Now it's three. There's five games, the four, the noon game y'all really complaining about. Relax. Relax. There's more There's more stuff y'all can complain about. I'm riding with my Knicks today. I got my new Knicks shirt. Uh, I'm, I got my I got my NBA Jam Porzingis Frank Nedelikina shirt. I'm, I'm good for Christmas. I don't know, man. I just feel like the NBA y'all. If the NBA wants to put on the best games, which is clearly is the theme of Christmas Day. Look, when the Knicks were even like average, I don't, I don't the think Knicks were average, honest, I don't think that's true. When the Knicks, well, you just said I don't agree with right. When the Knicks are average, I have no problem. Like you know, when they had when like if Porzingis was healthy, I'd have no problem with it. That's a star player. You got Porzingis, Greek Freak. I don't care if the Knicks are trash. It's 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 an interesting game. They knew Porzingis wasn't gonna play when they when they came out with the schedule. Well, they knew it was a very actually, that's low. A th- that's a they thing. knew it was a very low percentage. They knew all right, better chance he's not gonna play than he is gonna play. I just feel the NBA needs to come out and say what are the Lakers and Knicks. Are they just guaranteed spots in the Christmas Day slate? Because my thing is, we're crazy. But at least those were at ten thirty. Yeah, because Lakers, but the Lakers, yeah, because Lakers had trash games too. At least some of those were at ten thirty, and maybe as like an East Coast person, maybe the West Coast people were like, yeah, I don't want to watch the Lakers at ten thirty. Right? They got they got the better deal than East Coast people because they got to watch Donovan Mitchell versus Dan Lillard. Yeah, the West Coast people people had to watch Giannis dunking all over, you know, the Knicks, you know, Cantor and these guys. So it's probably the same deal. Like when the late, like I'm sure, like. The West Coast people were complaining like heck when the Lakers were on and they didn't want to watch it. Yeah, him. minus Kobe. Whereas, like, the East Coast people that aren't Knicks fans are complaining like heck. Like, my 12 o'clock game is a, is, oh, just is a waste. a waste time. <laughs> I mean, we all knew they could get blown out, and they did. Whereas, like, years ago, like, like, for me, I didn't care when the Lakers played at 1030 against the Clippers or whoever. I was like, I ain't watching that game. I, or I, could, I could play video games at 1030. I don't care. I get, I get the frustration. But I just feel like y'all got five games. It's the first game. You're not getting – people are trying to make the case you're going to get much better ratings if you put the Pacers or the Raptors on. That's a lie. That is not true. N- there's nothing you can tell me to make gotta me be believe good, that. Gotta be a, a, Nobody a, believes that. It's got to be a special matchup. It can't be – like you said, Pacers, Pacers Bucks isn't going to get people to – People are saying the Pelicans. The Pelicans aren't drawing anyone at noon. They're not. Anthony Davis versus – Versus Giannis isn't going to draw people in today's NBA. People are not waking up early to watch the Pelicans and the Bucks. The, the NBA right now has become beyond team brands. It's, be, it's becoming a player's league. And I would still argue, but I, I would still argue that t- people want to watch star players. They don't care about what team you play for. But I still argue a player like Anthony Davis is not nearly as marketable as guys that are way worse than him. So you're talking about drawing people. But he's more I don't think he's draw. I don't think he's drawing anyone. I can get. I, I'm not. I'm putting. Not, I'm not putting Anthony Davis the brand over the New York brand. I'm not. To me, it's at least equal. I'm not putting New York versus the, Anthony Davis. The, tri- the 2018 New York Knicks, their trash I'm, team. I'm not talking about the Knicks. I'm not talking about the Knicks. It's, it's the city. Anthony Davis. Kendall, I'm not talking about the Knicks. It's the city. New York is going to draw people no matter what. Bad basketball game. <laughs> shouldn't draw people. Look, maybe look, maybe I'm under maybe overrating people's like basketball sophistication, but I think bad you basketball. You should go game, on. You should go on Twitter and see some people. It should say. should should outweigh good basketball. Shouldn't outweigh good basketball game because New York 
I don't know, man. Yeah, we can go on that further. There's a lot more important stuff that happened than just people fighting about the fact that the Knicks were on, which I, I, I'm not going to apologize for as a Knicks fan. I'm sorry. Y'all really got to get over it. Um, I mean, yeah, I'll just, just make free will in here. What was your takeaways from this, these games? I mean, you had the Knicks, you know, getting punched by the box. I'm sure there's not really much to say from that. Kevin Knox is balling, though, so shout out to him. Um, uh, you had a, a pretty incredible performance from James Harden, uh, and then went over the Thunder. Uh, Kyrie Irving had a pretty incredible performance against the Sixers. You had that Laker blowout, but the LeBron injury. And then uh, late game, Jazz, who had been kind of sweatering, handled the Blazers, who have been playing really well recently. So a lot to take away. Any, any, anything you want to start with? Uh, obviously I'm a Celtics fan, so uh, that was a uh, that was a very interesting game. I, There's I a lot also, to take away from that game. You know, that I think was in Philadelphia. That was my favorite game of the of day. Definitely people. the best game to me. Oh yeah, that was the best game. Yeah, I was wrong before the year. I said that the Celtics. I didn't want to see Celtic Sixers Christmas Day. Cause as soon was, as you see Celtic green, they were wearing white, but normally. Sixers red and blue. It's yeah. that feeling. Those feelings go away quick. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you I hate mean, the Sixers. It's Sixers Celtics. That that feeling. I don't want to see them guys. No. When when yeah. when you I, see them, I feel it's like on the rivalry side. was part of like the part of why I didn't want to see them. It was like, yeah, screw those guys. Man. I don't play them. They're not on our level. Yeah, but when they on the floor, now it's yeah. Let's get it can't on. Can't help but get invested. But um, yeah. No, I mean, I think my biggest takeaway is one. I think I don't take I. I don't like taking a whole anyway, lot from one, one, game. one regular sure. NBA game in December. But we got a podcast to do, so, right, right, right. <laughs> so let's do it. But if 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 I were to just encompass the way teams have been playing and what we may have seen in some of these games, I think from the Celtics' perspective versus the Sixers, you can tell things have changed from last year, from last April or May when we played those guys. Um. Because, look, the Sixers are a better team. They're a much better team than when we played them before. Um, Joel Embiid is a much better player than when we played them in the postseason. Uh, The evidence is he was given Al Horford work that he's never given him in his career. Mm -hmm. Al Horford had the most trouble he's ever had. How much of that do you think was Embiid being better and Horford being hurt? Any of those factors, or do you just think that Embiid at this point in his career, where it's like, no, he's just gonna kill and die? I, I didn't look. Yeah, I didn't look at Horford and be like, I, I was like, oh, he's too slow. You just I thought mean, he had no chance against this guy. You know, it's not he was gonna be able. To, not having Baines, I think, did hurt a little bit. Yeah, because like Baines is our biggest guy. So like, if you weren't throwing Horford at him, you're throwing Tice, and Tice isn't that much bigger than Horford, and Tice is too. He can't guard. Yeah, so, Tice like, is he's not that great. He's so. <laughs> useless. So, so no I mean, offense. Uh, so I mean, like, so that that did help, but you can tell Horford was way outmatched against Embiid than he's ever been. Um, and they also got Jimmy Butler, obviously, who mm-hmm. didn't play great, but still was a factor. Still in the second half was played well, guarded Kyrie excellently in the fourth quarter. Um, so Philly was better, but you can also tell that things have changed for Boston because they did not have Kyrie Irving. In that yeah. playoff series. So even though Philly's better, Boston's a better team with Kyrie back. And, I mean, Gordon Hayward's on the court. He didn't play well uh, last night, but he's another guy in the rotation that you can add in. So things have changed from what we saw in the playoffs, but at the same time, they haven't. Because just like almost every game, just like the four games Boston won last year uh, in the playoffs, um, 
it was a tight game. It's a game Philly probably should have won late in the game. Yeah. And it was a game that Philly let squander. And there are people in Philadelphia right now that are asking the question, what went wrong again for this to happen the exact same way every time we play the Boston Celtics? Yeah. It's, it, people are looking at Brett Brown. They're looking at two people. They're looking at Brett Brown. They're looking at Benson. Yep. You know, because coaching-wise, and I know you pointed out the last possession. That last possession. Regulation. I mean, why make the trade for Jimmy Butler if that's what you're drawing honestly, up in the games? Honestly, that was – I mean, as a Celtics fan, there were two guys I was like, man, if they get the ball, I don't know if we're going to win this game. It was Embiid and Butler. Yeah. I was like, man, we could lose this game. And I saw Simmons dribbling down for eight seconds. I said out loud, yeah. I like this right Yeah, now. I saw him. I'm like, why has and he I not given Jimmy, the ball And I see J.J. Reddick coming out for a dribble handoff. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. He might make the shot in, I mean. But you, you, you're you going to live with I'm gonna live with him it. taking a last-second shot. A contested, contested last-second shot. As good a shooter as he is. So that. I saw one scout say nobody in the NBA is drawing up that play. Some guy, uh, some scout right. who, like, just tweets, he was like, I'm telling you, 29 of the NBA coaches aren't drawing up. I don't, I don't know. Dribble handoffs at the top Did of the Brett key for their, fourth, that up? for their fourth best player. He called it from the, he had to call it from the sideline. Yeah, you got to call timeout there. I know sometimes coaches don't want to call timeout. They want to let. Because I know, I mean... I mean, I, I hope he did. Because if Ben Simmons called that play... I, to me, it would almost be worse if Ben Simmons called that play. Right. Because I'd be like, he can't you're the point, point guard. guard. What yeah. the hell? you? That was the play you drew up? Yeah. So, but I, I think I think that was... That felt like something that Brown... Because it was so organized. It was obviously a play. I feel yeah. like Ben probably would have did something a lot more, uh, in, uh, you know... Improv right, right. than what that was. That yeah. was a clear dribble land clear what they were trying to get accomplished, and that feels like that came from the sideline. And there's no way Jimmy Butler and Embiid like that. No, um, we saw Embiid, Embiid after the game complained about it. Yeah, like I ain't get the ball. He was right, <laughs> you know, in the fourth quarter and overtime, and you felt it. Um, so I don't know what Philly does. I, I mean, there's no reason to panic. You know, I don't think Britt Brown should lose his job over this game. It's, no. Again, it's a regular season game. I don't think. Simmons should. I mean, some people were saying Simmons got to be benched late in games. I mean, Simmons who are you needs, putting in the game? Yeah, I'm like TJ McConnell also can't shoot. Yeah, so. they they, they have one guy, space one guy with a bad shoulder. The other guy, yeah. McConnell's not a guy who can space the floor. It's a problem. None of their point guards can shoot. So unless you're putting Landry Shamit in, right? Then like, stop talking. Ben yeah, Simmons stop is, talking. Ben Simmons is playing and, at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, maybe you're saying Ben Simmons should play off the ball. You know, that's a whole another point. Maybe you want to put him in the post. I don't know. And maybe take out Chandler and you put it in yeah, Simmons. Yeah, make put moves Simmons to the four. You right. know? But regardless, yeah, Simmons is gonna be on the court. So I don't know what you do if you're Philly. Honestly, what Philly should have done was just put the ball in Jimmy Butler's hands more. Late in that game. Let him right. initiate. Jimmy Butler, I mean, he's twenty nine years old. He's all star, he's an Olympian, Olympic gold medalist. He can As Paul Pierce said, this is why he, this is why y'all brought yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. This is why he brought this is why they brought him here to be the closer. To do what Kyrie Irving was doing to for the Boston yeah. Celtics, where late in the game, it was give the ball to Kyrie and get out the way. Let him operate. Let him work. And he looked like the best closer in basketball last night. Yeah. So, takeaways from that game, I think this was more about the Sixers than it was about the Celtics. Yeah, I agree. Which I don't is, think we played Which is usually the story when these two games. teams play, which, which is, is it's alarming it's if you're a Sixers for me. fan. Yeah. It's also scary for the Celtics because you're like, they, they figure it out. out yeah, what well, what happens? That's a good point. I can see that. I guess 
I guess because you're winning, I guess for me, I'd be like, I wouldn't be that concerned yet. I cross that bridge when it gets right. there. Because I'm a Sixers fan, I'm like, there was a part of me last night watching the game. I mean, obviously, when it got late, I felt like oh, this is how it always happens. But there was a part of me was like, man, I think they might have figured it out. Like when MB was balling and yeah. Simmons was playing like, pretty decent. This game. You yeah. know, Simmons initially was playing better than he's ever played against us, and until the fourth quarter. And Butler wasn't playing well, and you're like, man, you know he's going to start playing well. So I was a little worried, like, man, I don't know if we're going to beat yeah. these guys. The reason why I say that also is because I felt like the Celtics still didn't play that great yesterday. No. I'm going to be even going on a limb. I mean, Kyrie played great, but I, I still didn't love his game yesterday. Uh, I mean, he played 33, great 33 in, shots. It counted. I mean, it felt like watching Kobe. Which I mean, maybe that's a great thing. He needs, but my, he needs my, to my, my, but my, but no my, I guess my concern that. is that like he's gonna need more help than he got yesterday. Yeah. And to me, they were able to overcome what are still some issues with chemistry on just his own greatness. Which I'm like, how many times? Like it's very early, but my thing is like at some point they can't they can't ask him to do this seven games against Boston against Philly. Philly. Eventually, they're gonna figure it out, like you said. But staying on Philly. This Ben Simmons thing is, is definitely something to keep an eye on, just in terms of his fit and how this all works out. Because for a team that has as much firepower as they do, it is kind of insane how easy you could argue their most talented player is to guard in the fourth quarter. Like, oh, that's, yeah. that's, I mean, teams just don't, they just don't guard him. And that's unacceptable. You can't have a guy that's that talented and, you you don't have to worry about him as long as he's not five feet away from the basket. And the game is so – and a player like him, as great as he is, he's better when the game is more fleet-throwing, more up and down. When the game gets really tight and half-court and he really has to, like, make plays against tough defense, which he can only do by getting to the rim so people just sag off on him. And then he's not at help with the beat out there because you can double off him because he can't shoot. I won't, I won't say he's a liability because he's too talented to say that. But he's not helping. And I don't know what this coaching situation is, but someone needs to tell him to learn how to shoot. I feel like these feel, I feel like at They're times – Yeah, exactly. I feel like at times the, the Philadelphia coaching staff has been babying some of these guys. And something that Embiid even complained about last year when it came to his injury and him not playing in game five or six, whatever that game was in, uh, in the playoffs when he, he – Against Miami. Yeah, against Miami. And I think I think that was, he was losing to maybe more than just that situation because I watched this last night and I'm like, how how is this acceptable? <laughs> like the fact that you have a point guard and you're just like, nope, like he's not going to take jump shots and we're totally progress. okay with that. And, and especially the way Simmons talks about not wanting to shoot. He talks like like he don't need it. Like yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't talk it. like a guy that I need to improve. He's like, oh, I'm, I'll be alright. It's like, He's no, like, I'll you, get to it. No, you're not gonna be all right. Cause I look at your game this year. You were great last year, and you're great this year. I've seen zero improvement. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a, I'm, and I, I don't like to go after young guys, who I still think are gonna be great players. I really go after anybody. But let's keep it 100. Ben Simmons has not improved from year one to year two. Zero improvement. Look at his stats. Look at you, look at what you saw last night. You're not telling me a guy who made his first jump shot from 22 feet in his career and say that that guy is improved. Mary. Yeah. On a Hail Mary at the end of the shot clock. He hasn't improved. So And it's mental. I mean, 
there's no way, like, yes, he's not confident. Yes, he, he's not a great shooter. He hasn't worked on his shot, I would imagine. I can't, again, I can't really tell you he's going to shoot. But it's all mental when you attempt no threes. Exactly. How do, you, how do you get better if you don't even try to shoot yeah, in the that, game? That's, and I, I knew it was mental, or I figured it was mental when his rookie year, when he was drafted, Brett, they were, during the summer league, they were talking to Brett Brown, and they said, we have him working with a sports psychologist on his jump shot, on on improving his jump shot. And and when he said that, I was like, that makes me think that, and this is before they even worked with him. This was like them scouting him and seeing like, th- that, right. oh yeah, let's put give him a sports psychologist to help him work with his offensive game. That shows me that they thought that their scouting report was, there's something mentally where he does not want to shoot the basketball. But to we saw it at LSU, but to and me, it's like even worse now. In the I was about to say that. Thank you for saying that. To me, it's gotten worse. I saw him take jump shots at LSU. Yeah, mid range jump shots. Yeah, threes. But but I saw him shoot outside the paint. Right. It wasn't like he. It wasn't something he was afraid to do. Yeah, there's something up with there. But the Sixers lack of. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe they are working really hard to get him to shoot, and he's just not listening to them. But. It's killing them late in these games. I know they lost that game because they didn't have a guy who could help Embiid when he gets trapped, and that's why he had six turnovers. Yeah. Like that, there are obvious X and O reasons why a point guard who won't shoot outside the paint is a problem. Yeah, it's a bigger problem when you got two guys like that when you include yeah. Marco Fultz. Yeah, and so that's, that that's something they got to work on. And the coach making that crazy play down the stretch, some of those weird play calls he was doing, that's also an issue because it's the same stuff we saw last year when we we're like. We all like Mike uh, Brett Brown. We all think he's a very good coach. Why late in the games is there this massive disconnect? Maybe is it because he coached so many years in those blowout games that didn't matter? That maybe he just have, doesn't have the reps of take, getting calling the right play in the right situation? Because there clearly is a disconnect there. EJ, take a guess on what Simmons' is plus minus is against Boston in his career. Total. A guess, like average or total? Total. Okay, minus 35. <laughs> Might have to uh, multiply that by three. Minus ninety six. See, that's insane. Minus ninety six against the Celtics in his career. He was minus seventeen yesterday. He was a, he had the lowest plus minus of anybody on the court. I mean, Brad Stevens is just like I don't think I think Brad Stevens likes playing against Ben Simmons. I think he loves playing against Ben Simmons. I think he, he <laughs> I, don't, it, I don't think I would go that far. I think he'd be an arrogant there. I can't say he likes playing against a guy who could kill his team every time he plays. He got a minus ninety six against Brad Stevens. I understand that. He's I think I, he, he's I, like, oh man. No, I think, but I don't think he likes it. It's unique because he's still he's still a tough guy to game plan for. I think that it's still he still is a, like your team. He hurts does, things. Yeah, your team doesn't play the game plan correctly. He'll still kill you. So right. I can't say he likes it. I think he feels comfortable knowing what has to be done. Right, right, right. That's different than I like. I think teams like playing against Franklin Lakeena, unfortunately. Right? Right, 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 I don't think they like playing against Ben Simmons. Fair enough. But I think I think he feels comfortable like, being for like, like a star player. But I, do, like, I think he feels comfortable being like I have a game plan that I feel like if we execute well, we can we can control him as much as best as they can. He had fourteen he gets rebounds. Numbers, yeah. He had eleven. He had eight assists. It wasn't like he had a terrible, terrible right, game. Right. But it doesn't. The numbers don't matter in a game like this. I don't care what his numbers were. They lost by. Seven it's points in overtime yeah. game was a nip and ne- nip and tuck kind of game. The numbers don't matter. It's what are you doing in the situations that matter and the, the, the points in the game that matter. I mean, if you're a star player, and you get a negative seventeen in overtime game, plus minus. Then, I mean, I mean, play. I mean, your team had a massive comeback to come back in the game. So that means they were doing it without him. Yeah, basically, because they 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 came back in the third quarter. Yeah. So, 
What was Kyrie's plus minus? Kyrie's plus minus in that game was plus 19. Tatum actually had the biggest one. He was plus 22. Tatum, interesting. He really didn't play that great. I thought Tatum's defense on Butler, though, was made, very, up, made yeah. up for what was an inefficient 23 points he had. Yeah. Which was still 23 points. Marcus Morris for you guys is huge. Morris uh, is he's, he's He's basically giving us everything that we, I would have hoped Hayward would have given me. I'll be honest, I was going to say he's giving you everything that like Brown gave you last year. You can make that case as well. Because Brown also is, is Brown's just, been, he's, he's, he's not the same guy. I, there, there are some things the Celtics need to They need to do something with this team. This yeah. team is not going to get it done. I agree. They're not beating Toronto with this team. I don't know. I don't know. I'll see, I'll beating, see about that. We ain't going to say that. I'm, I'm going to say that right now. But the, the, it's the, definitely something not, I mean, it's just, it's just you got to change the furniture. Brown, it's not like anything massive, but like. I mean, I loved Brown. I loved his game. I loved him when we drafted him. But I think, it's, I think with him, I think it's something mental. Because of course he's got all the game. Obviously, we saw it last year, and he, oh, he's a very smart guy. I think he's in his head. It's um, tough to play when you play in thirty-five minutes a night last year. It's tough to be like do what you just did, but do it in fifteen twenty. Right. It's not easy. It's not easy, especially for a guy who was so young. Yeah. When he he was gaining experience of playing that Confidence, starters type yeah. minutes, and then you say, all right, now condense what you just learned last year. It's be more and, and on a team where it doesn't fit as well. Yeah. You know, the injuries, you know, of course, we don't, no one wanted what happened to Gordon happened last year or with Kyrie even. But, like, it kind of was a perfect storm to allow him to, allow him to develop. Yeah. Exactly. And now it's like, all right, now this is what you actually would have been doing last year, and now you got to do that. But also play as efficient and as strong as you did last year. Yeah. It's it's a tough thing to ask from a 21-year-old. He, he's had to deal with Jabari Bird, who he played with at Cal, got arrested is dealing with his whole. He's dealing with a very, very. It's been, it's been swept under the rug, but he's dealing with a very uh, kind of scandalous issue um, of domestic violence and whatever mental illness he's been dealing with. And his mom is like supervising Jabari Bird right now. Yeah, I think and I heard about that. Like, those guys were best friends. Right. So there's no. It's hard for me to. And plus, one of his friends died last year. Yeah. Which was a big deal. So. He's dealt with a lot of stuff off the court that I'm sure has probably affected him on the court as well. Yeah, hopefully he could uh, turn it around because I, I, he was actually I, – I don't like this. Yeah. Office, but I, I enjoyed watching Jalen Yeah, Marcus it's a little sad year. seeing like him kind of regress for yeah. a guy for a guy that worked so hard. You saw the way he worked to get that leap from year one to year two. It's like to see him regress back to kind of where he was as a, as a rookie is, is unfortunate. Uh, I do want to talk about the Lakers and LeBron in a second, but I do quickly just want to – any thoughts from what we saw from the Thunder and Rockets or the Shout Blazers to, uh, and, and, and what's the name? I think the Rockets are uh, – uh, I, I think the – I don't want to say the Rockets are figuring it out, but I think the worst of whatever they were going through is over. Yeah. Even with this Chris Ball injury. They, they washed off the stink of Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> EJ's uh, like, uh, don't get me started, man. I think it's not get me started. It's just like, yes, he didn't work. I don't know if, like, I don't know. My thing is, I don't know if they wouldn't have still had this, whatever they're doing now, had he even still been there. Sometimes. Oh, he's just giving a pro-mellow take? And no. It's like, not mellow. I'm not going to say it's pro-mellow. Bring him I, back. No, I'm not going to say it's pro-mellow because I think that, I don't think he would have played any better. I think he would have been what he was. Right. But the guys that playing now aren't that much better than him anyway. I, I do feel like sometimes teams just kind of need to work through tough stretches. Like Boston? 
I have no problem them getting rid of him because it wasn't he wasn't producing for them. But my thing is, I just think that as a team, and for me, it's a not you don't want to take too much into one game. But it just felt like Harden last night was just like enough. That's the way I felt from that game. Was that they've been playing well. You got this bad Chris Paul thing happen. It's very easy for them to fold their tent with a really hot Thunder team coming in. Paul George red hot coming in. And it'd be like, all right, well, I guess this is how it goes this season. Harden putting 41 on one of the best defenders in the league, uh, stopping that Thunder team, winning that home game. I know he's been a little banged. He's still a little banged up. He has a calf injury, I think. That felt like him saying enough. We gonna we gonna figure this out for the rest of the year. So I hope I'm right about that. But I'm not. I don't think this Rocks team will anywhere near what we saw last year. But that the fears of them not making the playoffs or anything like drastic like that. I don't have those fears anymore. I did a couple weeks ago. I can't lie. I, I thought this could be one of those because they actually had. Remember a couple years ago they had one of these years where they were number two the year before and. They faced the Warriors, and they got swept. And the year after that, they were AC, and they got swept in the first round. <laughs> so this isn't new for even the Rockets. But that was at McHale. Yeah, I was on the McHale. So I thought maybe this might be the same thing happening. I don't feel that way as much. They're not going to be a five, a three seed. You, do you think Jeff could they be a six seed or a five me. seed? Um, that's kind of around the time they started to play. I, I like to see what their numbers are defensively. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it hasn't hurt. I'm sure just even if even if their defensive numbers might not look obviously better, just having another reassuring voice, I'm sure. More stability. Yeah, I'm sure that had to help them. Yeah, because, you know, that's it. you're just trying to think of factors beyond, like, them just getting mellow. over it. And mellow. Yeah, 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 and mellow. Right, exactly. <laughs> but shout-out to James Harden. That was, that was a great game he had last night. And shout-out to Spider Mitchell, who won, uh, got his first. Uh, yeah, first Utah. Um, Quinn Snyder was saying that they were trying to – because they're not, they haven't been good defensively this year. No, they've been that terrible. was their uh, their calling card last year was defense and good offense. And they're they're play they've played great defense the last couple of games. Yeah, they're, they're getting trying back to, to get back to that. I I think that the Jazz are team, people are writing them off already, but the Jazz have shown me the last like three years that they are not a first half team. No, they always struggle in the first half of the season. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's them having to figure out their defensive principles to get them intact. And it seems like around late January, All-Star break, a little right before then, they seem to just take off every single year. Yeah. And I anticipate that will happen again. I don't – because there's no reason based on the talent on the roster. Nothing else has really changed. The West is better. That's changed. But besides that, no reason why they still shouldn't be one of the top eight teams. Mitchell and Gobert and – Ingles, the way he plays. Ingles play yeah. be- playing great. Like, they should be a playoff team. Yeah, I think that they'll figure it out. And Dante Exum's playing a little better, too. He had a terrible start this year, but yeah, he, he played did. the last few games. Um, let's get to this Lakers thing. Yeah, main event. Yeah, Lakers, Warriors. Um, boy, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Yeah, man. None I, of that. Not yeah. not the blowout, not the LeBron injury. None of it. I'm going I'm to go out. Not a go out on a statement. I don't think it's going out on a statement, but I'm just going to say it because it needs to be said. That was a pathetic performance from the Warriors yesterday. No, no. Let me rephrase that. That was a pathetic effort from the Warriors yesterday because that's what it was. I, yes, I mean, maybe you could say it's the same thing, but I, I think effort is the more appropriate word because the bigger problem. they look like a team to me that thought that they were just going to roll the ball out and beat this team. That's the way they played. Yeah. And 
because I and the way I, I say that because I've seen them play other big regular season games. I'm not I'm not testing how they play in the postseason. We know that's a different war, uh, warrior monster. But in terms of big regular season games, games that are up for. I've seen them how what they normally look like. They look nothing like that. Against Boston all the time. How they were defending last night was terrible. Rondo was able to just get into the paint anytime he wanted. Kuzma was able to get into the paint anytime he wanted. Wide open jump shots. They didn't contest anything. I'll be they honest. didn't fight for anything. That was a pathetic performance from the Warriors. And, and we, I don't want to take away from the Lakers. So the Lakers, I was really impressed with how they, you could tell from the beginning, they were coming at these dudes. Yeah. They were like, all right, we may get blown out, but we going down yeah. swinging. And yeah. I, I loved seeing that they from these young guys in LeBron. rational confidence that I loved. It's yeah, similar, I did. I loved it all. me of when Boston plays them. But, well, at least when we did play them in the past. But what I will say is, Remember, we we were watching the game together. Yeah. And LeBron goes down. Yep. And the Warriors go on that run. Yeah, I thought that, I thought that was the end of and the Lakers. I was like, look, the Lakers can still win this game. You said game. that, and I said, no way. I was like, they can still win this game if they hang on. And, yeah. And you know, I, said, I said, no way. You're like, nah, the game's over. I was like, Jesus. And I think the Warriors, I think they win that game if LeBron doesn't get hurt. Or you can make the case they win that game if LeBron You think hurt. LeBron getting hurt. Hurt their chances of winning the game. I, I think they explain this. They also it like maybe they don't go on that run, but if they do go on that run and LeBron's out there, I don't think they let off the gas the way they did. So you think that weird. run, that little run they had, they thought was enough to be like, all right. I think they were starting to mess around. I think they messed around, around again, and, and then Lakers like, no, we're still trying to win this. Drive. And at that point, they couldn't withstand a second Laker. Run. That's an interesting take. I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy. I could be wrong, but that's just something that I would look at and say. I mean, LeBron not being there, Durant. Because, I mean, it goes back to what I was saying. I, I, again, I thought their effort last year was lousy. They've done that against Cleveland with LeBron, and they've never been in the fourth quarter against me, against, maybe when Kyrie was there. But they've never in the fourth quarter and ended up losing the game. Yeah, they had crushed that fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah it was embarrassing. 19, 17 points in the fourth quarter. Rajon Rondo. When he's Rondo shows he, locked every, in, he can play as he, good as anyone in the league. Rondo has a good 20 games a year. Yeah, like he Most he can give April. you old school Rondo for about twenty games. So he's only give you about five in the regular season because he just can't waste that many. <laughs> right, but five you'll give five big games you need it, and there's about fifteen <laughs> yeah, in the playoffs. He has games, so this was one of the twenty. <laughs> this was obviously one of the twenty because he was the best player on the floor yesterday. Yeah, and you're like this guy still got this the way yeah. he was playing for the Lakers earlier this year, but he does. Yeah, it, Rondo, he's showing he has enough in the tank that he can give you a good twenty games. Yeah, he's a keeper for the Lakers. Um, he can play as good as any player in the league when he's in the zone like he was last night. Uh, I mean, it's the same stuff he's doing in Boston and the same stuff he, he did, did last no, year in the playoffs yeah. or for the Pelicans. Um, his jump shot starts to get going. Uh, and he's just more in zone. He's more in his own, like, from a mental perspective. Like, yeah, he's, just such, a, he's guys, such a smart player, yeah. Like he, like, he doesn't always play that smart. Sometimes he does stupid stuff. Sometimes he doesn't care out there. A lot, a lot of it is mental, like you said. Yeah, and then he's just, like, locked in to yeah. the point where he's like, I'm not losing this game. Yeah. I'm going to make every right pass, every right play, every right defensive play. Yeah. I've always made the case to me that Rondo is the closest thing I've seen in the NBA to Peyton Manning. Right, yeah. And to some people, may, that may sound insane. But I don't mean from just, like, a numbers, accolades, Thing. But just terms of just the mental makeup of just like strategically kind of knowing what the right thing to do is every time you come down the floor. Yeah. LeBron's kind of like that too. 
I say he if you really want to talk about a player, I would say like in terms of like accolades, I say LeBron is like Peyton Manning to me. But really getting down to it in terms of like to me like just their basketball savant level to me Peyton and Rondo are the closest thing because Rondo the way he could just pick apart a team and he's not doing it on athleticism anymore. He's not doing it on size. He's not, but he just know he just he's he's so in tune with the game. His film study level, his film study game is so high. Yes. He knows the other team so well that he, he still, even at this age, can put himself in the right position to always make the right play when he matters most. The only difference between him and Peyton is that Peyton never turns it off. Rondo, when he wants to, turns it off because he's like, I'm tired or I don't, I don't feel well. Like He can mostly just be like, I don't feel like doing this. And then he won't play that way. But when he gets like this, he's like Peyton Manning. Yeah. And watching him tear apart that team that did not want to play yesterday in the Warriors, it was crazy. But it was like, you know what? This is what again, he's got twenty games like this. Why is Steph always so bad on uh on Christmas? It's weird. He's like never <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. I can't say why. I don't know. It's strange. Some guys I mean I mean Paul Pierce said some guys don't like playing on Christmas. Chris Paul Pierce talked about yesterday, he hates playing on Christmas. And he says his numbers, which apparently were backed up by actual stats. Are terrible <laughs> Christmas. He's like I don't. I just. He's like, I never wanted to be there. It messed up my routine. My routine is like to make sure I don't really talk to anybody. Christmas Day, I had to call a bunch of people, got to text a bunch of people, I got to make sure people get tickets. It's like it's, he said it's a mess. I hated it every time we did it, which I'm sure it was a lot because he, a lot of times they play the Lakers. Right. And especially especially for him going back and him going back home to Los Angeles, that probably was even a bigger thing. So yeah, he said it was terrible. So I think Curry probably just had and you know I I, I didn't want to go here, but I'm just gonna go there anyway. I mean, we know Curry is. He speaks about being a devout Christian, so I don't. I wonder if there's a lot of like things involving just like his spiritual state of mind in these games. That, I don't know. That, about maybe I don't know. I, I have no idea. I'm I would a, say purely even spectacle, just like, spectacle. Shout out to Steph Curry, but yeah, I, I would I'm say just, even just from a level of like he celebrates Christmas harder than maybe some people do, or his family right. does. I mean, or maybe traditionally a, growing up, clearly on a very on a spiritual level, Christmas means a lot to him. Right. Obviously, the way he talks about his faith. So. Yeah. That kind of thing in basketball and sports, the, the lexicon, maybe is distraction. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, we know he's a big-time player. He plays big in other moments. I, I can't say why he's so bad on Christmas. Especially last night was surprising because he's, so, he's been so great this season. Like, I saw him missing shots. He shooting the air balls. I'm like, this is not the curve we've seen all year. Uh, is there anything to take? Oh, one last thing on the Warriors before we get to the Lakers and LeBron. Uh, Draymond's been terrible this year. That just needs to be said. Oh yeah, he's uh, he cannot be an all star. Is he gonna get his money? He's not a free agent this all season, right? I'm telling. Next I think season. no. I think he is. Is this all season? I don't want to say they should get rid of him, but he looks terrible right now. I mean, you look at his numbers. Like look at his numbers. I know Clay's a free agent this season. He's shooting forty percent from the field. He's shooting. He's only got. He's averaging seven points. He's shooting like twenty something percent from three. Oh, he ain't gonna make all three. I mean. I saw shout out to Bomani Jones. I saw him say that he's been like Dennis Rodman esque offensively. I can't go that far because I know he can. He averages like eight assists, so I know he can like run the point. Basically, he's got one more year after this. Okay, but he's been trying. To I don't think that Draymond Green will be back with them after the end of that contract. If if this if we're seeing the beginning of a decline, he's been getting hurt. He didn't play that great last year. <laughs> Let's keep it one hundred. He was declining last season, and we kind of made it up to, oh, well, Durant's there. All right, this is, what, third year in a row with Durant? How many yeah. years you need is there a to figure to this out? Is there a chance to him this offseason? I mean, a lot of it depends on how the season ends, but 
I don't. I gotta see what happens with Durant. Because right, so if Durant to, leaves, I can't. They're not gonna trade him. I can't imagine they trade him. But let's say Durant stays. Say, Durant stays, then all bets are off. You're gonna know, like we can't give this guy max. Because Draymond Green already made it clear he wants a max. Yeah. Um, he's not the type similar to Isaiah Thomas when Isaiah Thomas was coming up on free agency. He's not gonna be. He's not gonna be shy to say, I want the max continuously. I'm telling you, there's gonna be a chance that people are that that team. So. He's a he's been a great player. He's not been a great player this year. He's been a great player for the last four or five years, but just like with any player who has antics that are annoying and tough to deal with, as soon as them, as soon as your game doesn't match the annoyance of their antics, they ain't putting up with it anymore. Yeah. So if the Warriors decided next year, seven points a game and forty percent from the field is not good enough to put up with your nonsense, and they decided to move on. It would not surprise me, nor would I blame them. The Pistons let Ben Wallace walk, and he was not. As soon as his, yeah, soon as his game, his game slid, he was, was not, not messing with his nonsense, and Ben Wallace was nowhere in the problem. Yeah. What's his name was? But he's a little moody. Right. You know? Why <laughs> am I not getting more shots? It's like, because you can't shoot. <laughs> Shout out to Ben Wallace. He's one of my favorite players, but I'm just saying. It's keep 100. This is how his career ended with Detroit. He's talking crazy at the end of his contract. Why I didn't get my money on time? And all this stuff. And yeah, they should have paid him. To be fair, right, right, but they let him walk. He should have got the lifetime achievement award. He should never got the free agency, but they did what they did. And Ben Wallace started acting crazy, and his game wasn't as good. So they were like, "We ain't matching this contract. Good luck not wearing a headband in Chicago." <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of Ben Wallace. He had to. He, they told him you can't wear the headband. For those who don't know, he went to Chicago. He signed a free agency in Chicago. Wear either, right? And I guess under he assumed that he could wear a headband. Because he wore headbands his entire career, and that was against the rules of Chicago. All the reports were that, oh yeah, no, they're gonna change the rules when he gets there, and that turned out to not be true. Yeah. So he got there, and they was like, nah, no headbands, and then he went crazy. Yeah. And that was pretty much the end of Ben Wallace's NBA career. Headband Ben Wallace is a Hall of Famer. Uh, no headband Ben Wallace is an average, very no headband Ben Wallace is what we see from Draymond Green right in this season right now. Yeah. I'm just keeping it one. Can't hit a three. I mean, he was airballing threes last night. He he is. He's like a he's a homeless man's Ben Simmons right now. Yeah. He cannot shoot. Yeah. And then and then he gets technical fouls all crazy. Like I mean, it, I've seen it's this. like he he's a problem. They gotta figure this out. He's gotta figure this out. Years, I, I've better. compared Draymond Green to Marcus Smart, and I've seen these kind of stretches from Smart too, where like if you're not hitting the, if he's not hitting his three, like he can still impact the game defensively with his energy and stuff. But when he's not hitting shots, he becomes a detriment to your team in some aspects. And he's going through a slump right now where, I mean, he's making it easier to guard Golden State if you can leave that guy wide open. And he keeps saying, yeah, I hope they continue to leave me open because eventually I'm going to say, Oh, trust me, Draymond. You will be up wide yeah, open. Yeah, you, don't have to you, don't have, you don't have to hold. You don't have to worry. It will keep happening. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> you can keep talking all you want, but if you ain't going to hit the shots, then no one cares. So I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't panic, obviously, but... Is there any chance he's hurt? Oh, he's been going through a lot of injuries. Yeah, I mean, it's, that, that's the thing, too. You know, he, he seems like the kind of guy that will battle through anything. But is he, he's also... He's all on the court, though, so... He's also not that young, and he's... Right, so is this play a brand of basketball that... You play that gritty, defensive-minded defensive mind, defensive kind of style, style of play. Game, yeah. You know, you're going to wear it, you're going to wear it down. And that's something, if I were a team... <laughs> Am I gonna give that guy give that guy two hundred million dollars at thirty years old? That would be. That yeah, would be I think I think any team who gives him a, a full max term. would be crazy. I think it would be short term. Any team, some team might give him like 
35 for like three years, two years, something like that. 35 annually? Yeah. That's insane. Anybody pay, anybody that's not the Warriors paying him that is insane. I think it depends on the team, honestly. I think he can, you know, there was, a, there, there was always those conversations with people like, oh, if he were on the Pistons, you know, his hometown team, like he could average 20 points. No, he can't. I, I, I disagree with that as well. Like, I, I, he couldn't do it then. He can't do that, that now. Like, we see, we seen him, and we've seen other guys. And I know he's been better, but like, like the, smart, he's but not that kind of score. Like, we've seen guys in that archetype on a lot of teams around yeah. the league, and they don't average twenty points. But just not just because he's playing with a lot of great players. But, um, but I think there is value to his game for some teams. Is there a crack in LeBron's armor with this groin? Yeah, some people are saying this is proof that the we don't Lakers, see we don't see him ever get hurt, and he got hurt. Yeah, it wasn't a crack. <laughs> no, yeah, usually we, he gets cramps a lot. So we didn't see that. Uh, cramps, quote unquote. But um, yeah, no, I think the I don't know. He see he said that you know he was very lucky. He could have been worse. Yeah, sounds I mean, like he'll be day to day. You you hope this isn't one of those things like knock on wood where it's like you know it's a minor thing now and then becomes major in like a month. That's why if I was a Lakers, I don't care what he says. He's not playing for not like playing three for weeks. Yeah, honestly. I don't care if he's day to day. He, you cannot yeah, rush this dude back. Achilles or something. <laughs> or like, just that the groin is one of the more groin is almost like a hamstring. Where like, man, if you don't take care of it and just don't do anything and just rehab for a long time, even what seems minor could last you the whole season. Because you forget, man, this is what ha- this, is, this is how it started with Derrick Rose, man. It was these minor joints. Yeah, you know, and it was and like, then, oh, it, I got a sprained yeah, groin. Then with the avalanche, you know, and then it all comes out. Yeah, because you overcompensate. You overcompensate. Other muscles working harder to make up for the fact that you're you're going through something. So, uh, I hope not. I mean, I'll, yeah, you, I, we're, we're not all, trying to, we're we're not all, to scare We all hope not. But either. the question has to be asked because right. this is a guy who doesn't get hurt and we saw him get hurt. My guess is this is just a blimp. You know, this is a blimp. He's dealt with minor injuries like this before. But Yeah, but I, I, when was the last time he, he, he couldn't go back in the game? That was, yeah, it was rare. I, I mean, it's been a long time yeah, since that happened. He couldn't even get back on the court. Yeah, he didn't even go to the bench. So, and you could I, you could tell when he's like when he's hurt, and when he's not like he, you could tell. Yes, he wasn't faking. It was like you find people like he's, he's egging it on. I don't see. I don't think he eggs it on. I think he's one of those guys like, uh, like I think he reacts to injuries more. More. Uh, well, no, I think like, there are athletes fearfully. Who, right. Yeah, guys. I think there are athletes who like anything happens to them, like they think that they've been shot. Right. right, right. Vince Carter was that guy. I don't think that anytime they're faking any injury, but right. you feel pain that you're not expecting, and then like you freak out. LeBron has been that kind of guy. Yesterday, you could tell it was different. It was very obvious from the beginning it was different, yeah. and I was like, "Ooh, I haven't seen him look like that in a long time." Yeah. So, and when you consider his age, I I, I do worry because we all want to see who I think is the best player in the world. As much as we may fight about him, argue about him, we all want to see him healthy and playing at the top level. I was I was kind of glad the Lakers won because I really would have been. Upset about the conversation about oh if LeBron would have played, the Warriors would have got this smoke. Yeah. Like I, no, I'm glad yeah, the, yeah, I was Lake, the Warriors that, did not deserve to win that game. I'm glad the Lakers that finished that deal and they and they, they they beat them. But um yeah, you said about Kawhi and the Spurs a couple years ago. <laughs> That's what it reminded me. Um, like, we man. talked about Chris Paul last year, and I talk about it every year because of how he ruined my hot take. Um, with Chris Paul and the Rockets going down in Game Five at the end of Game Five. So yeah, um, so I hope he's okay. I hope obviously I think I think he'll be okay. I don't know if the Lakers can survive him being out three weeks, so that's the question. It's a good question too because of how tough the West is. Rondo's also not playing tomorrow. He sprained a finger, so right. I mean, the Kings. So I just don't think you can worry about that. 
you said it before, and I like. It's not nothing, but I do kind of agree that as long as you're not the eight seed, they can't worry about seeding. Honestly, yeah. So yeah, if three you avoid... weeks, they go three weeks, they're two and five in that stretch. Okay, they drop to the seventh spot. By the time LeBron gets back, they can get back up to right. wherever they were. He can make up for it. Home field but you can't have him laboring through something all year. Is right. what I'm saying. So that's why I think that he, regardless of what he says, you're not playing for three weeks. And we're going to figure this out. And then by three weeks, if we do your full test and rehab and then you're good, then we're putting you out there. And the only person that can tell him that is Magic. So I'm hoping this is not coming from the training staff or Luke Wallen. He's not listening to those guys. Yeah. Magic's got to come down and say, you're not playing on my team until three weeks from now. Because we got to get you right for the playoffs. Because they showed last night that they couldn't compete. Yeah, That was a big question because they even competed with a team like the Warriors. I still have that question because I think the Warriors didn't try yesterday. But at the very least, we know, okay, if the Warriors don't try, they could smoke the Warriors. Is, yeah. So that made that that suggests that even if the Warriors did play hard, that the Lakers could compete. What is what is, I mean, what does Magic do with uh Luke Walton? Because you know he doesn't he doesn't want Luke Walton as a coach. That's okay. what he made clear. Uh, we gotta talk more about LeBron, but I do want to touch on this quickly. Can we let this kid live? I know he's not a kid. He's a grown. He's older than me. And coach, he looks like a kid, kid though. Yeah. He and Blue Walton has a young face. Can we let this guy just coach the team? The, the is that impossible with like, whenever heard, LeBron's around? From what I've heard, because uh, my thing is they're nineteen, they're twenty and fourteen. Genie Bus hired him, obviously. Right. Uh, this is when Jim and Cupcheck were still there, and, and Genie hired. But yeah. Genie was the guy that hired. Blue well, the gal. He's always the guy. Shout out to Genie Bucks. Yeah, shout out to Genie Bucks. Um, Genie was um, the one that was instrumental in hiring Lou Wall. And that was her hire. And even though those guys moved on and they brought in Magic Blinka, she's protected him. Uh, even though Magic was doing his passive aggressive, you know, meetings with Luke Walton a couple weeks ago about why are we losing, even though their record was better than I expected it to be at the time. <laughs> right. But he's like, why are we losing games? Uh, what do you mean you can't make JaVale McGee, Michael Beasley, and Lance Stevenson, and Ronald yeah. work in 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 in, ten, in three weeks? What do you, what do you, mean, what do you, what do you mean, mean it's not working? What do you mean we've lost three game, three straight games in an NBA season? It's like, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> we're talking about firing the guy? That's my point. My thing is like, yo, we're talking about Luke Walton but, and I mean, his, now, time, his clock. I'm like. They're like, what, let like 19 and 14? They're 20, 20 now. Now they're 20 and 14. What a What a. Blowout win over the Golden State Warriors on the road. On I'd National say that's TV. a great start to the season, to me. At this point, I, I mean, I said they were going to be, like, a, kind of a bottom five team in the West by this point, and that they would have to, like, climb their way up after they finally got some chemistry going. But they're way ahead of schedule at this point, and he's done an excellent coaching job. From what I've heard, Magic wants to get his people in there. Or he wants who to get are his, his people? He wants to get his guy in there. We don't know who that guy is. Mark Jackson. You know, he brings Mark you Jackson. Jason yeah. Kidd, another Magic type of guy. You know, Jason Kidd, Alonzo. I don't know Jason, what he Jason Kidd will shiv Magic Johnson so fast. Yeah, yeah Jason Kidd's going to end know, up. He won't know what happened. Jason Kidd's going to end up part owner. If he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if he gets that Laker job, he's going to end up part owner. Magic's going to be out. <laughs> but um, Magic's going to lose the Lakers and the Dodgers by the time yeah, Magic, Jason Kidd's done with him. Jason Kidd's going to be running L.A. live <laughs> by, by that time. He's going to have Magic's. He's gonna have Magic movie theaters. He's gonna have the Magic Johnson Foundation. He's gonna have everything. Yeah, nah. Um, yeah, <laughs> but basically, no. But that's that's my question. Is like Luke Walton's done a great job, and it's becoming an awkward situation 
with the Lakers because you feel like he's still like he's a taking time bomb. Yeah, it feels like David Black. Yeah, it really does. Very similar. But the ironic thing is, it doesn't feel or sound like this is coming from LeBron. Like you're saying, it sounds more like Magic just like waiting for a reason to fire him. Yeah, he's just like waiting for him to slip up. <laughs> like, exactly. Let him coach the team. Yeah. I don't know. I I just and I thought that I think I saw something about saying LeBron was actually proud to see that it was just kind of weird, but he was proud that like he wasn't really involved in the game planning against the Warriors yesterday, which he, to him was a big deal because he's like I played this team a million times and they felt like they did not need his input and the game plan they put together was fantastic. They killed the Warriors. That's very interesting. Wow. And LeBron was like I was impressed. So again, let the dude coach the team. He's a young coach. He's got to figure it out. I think that's, I think that's almost like a but message to Magic. From, maybe. From maybe. Because maybe. Some, like, no, if LeBron has a whole lot of input and they win that game, that's less on loose resume. Yeah. That's like, well, anybody could have done that. Yeah, LeBron could say, he will say, I, trust me, he will be first one to say, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did, I did all that. That wasn't. Um, so, like, so if he even yeah. bigged up him, say, like, oh, look, Luke put the game together. And I also think he, went to, he went to earn LeBron's respect. He saw that as an opportunity to earn LeBron's respect, and I think he did. Yeah, in some regard. So I, I hope they let Luke coach the team, I, especially I really, considering LeBron didn't play. Right, you know? I mean they finished the game. LeBron watched that game. Yeah, he watched those guys. And he watched them complete the game plan. Yeah, without him. So they gotta let that guy coach, man. I'm, I'm, I really hope that they let him coach. Cause and, I feel I feel like he has the potential to be a good coach, but they're not giving really giving him a I chance. Think there are there are definitely a lot of people around the league, and even me included, that questioned his ability to coach because of what he did in Golden State, which was not. It was impressive, but not was the most challenging job. Yeah, it wasn't the most challenging job. And we used to heard Steven Jackson last week say, you know, I could have done what he did, and I'm, I was, he wasn't a good we gotta player. Stop, we got to stop asking what Steven Jackson thinks he can do. Because he, he thinks he can do anything. Steven Jackson wants to be an NBA coach, but he does not do himself any service. Oh, first of all, I college. would love to see that. Shout out to Steven Jackson. He keeps he, saying, you know. Open invitation never come on the podcast. That's his dream job. That's what, he, that's what that's he's trying true, to but. do. But if he wants to do that, he honestly, he should start, like, at Oak Hill Academy, where he played or something. Like, he's got to do something, like, low-level because he's, he, he he's too ridiculous on television. He's a good he's a good analyst, but, like, he says too many ridiculous things. And he challenges well, it's, it's a people. Charles Barkley effect. Is that, like, and some analysts have this problem where they, they think that, like, because they're entertaining, that people, like, won't see, like, the clownery that they do on TV. And I don't even think Steven Jackson is a clown at all. No, he, please, everything he please, says... Please, I do not want to run into traffic against yeah, Steven I Jackson. I do not think he's a clown. He believes everything he says. Right, he, no, he's being 100. He's being 100%. And I don't think and I don't think he's playing up for anything, but the but problem is that, like, he, he you can't be an NBA coach. He doesn't conduct he himself with right. any politics. Exactly. He doesn't take into consideration, like, oh, me, like, disrespecting Open, Openly Luke challenging Walton. NBA coaches yeah, is going to be an issue. It's, gonna, it's not going to... He's not going to get any support from the coaching right. association. See him a run-up on Andrew Wiggins is not going to help your situation. Hey, honestly. What if you have to coach Andrew, Andrew Wiggins? Andrew Wiggins has an agent. Bill right. Duffy represents Andrew Wiggins, who represents a bunch of star players right. in the league. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's my point. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Steven Jackson again. I would love yeah. to actually talk to Steven Jackson. I think he'd be great at the podcast. But, again, if he wants to coach high school, he could probably do that because he played in the NBA. And if he wants oh, to yeah. get coach Or AAU. Do what Penny Carter Or was. AAU. And then from there... You maybe get an assistant job in the NBA for somebody that wants to, that that you played with or something, and from there maybe you can get a coach. But you know, him saying you know, I'm gonna play in the I'm gonna play in the big three or coaching the big three and that, that stuff's not gonna get you an NBA job. But 
he obviously he's not listening to this. So <laughs> yeah, no, Stevie no Jackson point in me is likely Stevie not. Likely. Thank God he's not listening to our podcast because our days would be numbered probably. Yeah, <laughs> Stephen Jackson. <laughs> We'd be on the Stephen Jackson the Stack Jack hit list. Uh, LeBron had a busy weekend though. I'll be beyond his injury. Where do you want to go with well, what he, he had? Yeah. So it was a run down his list. Uh, he had uh, dinner with Anthony Davis. Dinner with Anthony Davis after saying that he loved playing for him, sparking many tampering rumors yeah. and complaints and claims. He said the NFL owners uh, were, had, had a slave, slave, slave master mentality. He said slave mentality, but I think he meant slave master mentality. Positive, that's what he meant. I would hope. <laughs> um, yeah, because the other one wouldn't make much sense. Uh, well, I'd actually be very curious if why he thought the other one. I would ask him the follow question to that. What yes. do you mean by that? Um, no, we're pretty sure he meant slave master right, mentality, right, right. obviously. Uh, he made a comment that was not deemed positive about Jewish people, quoting a 21 Savage post on social media. Yeah. And what was the last thing he did? There's one more thing, right? Well, he did, you know, sit down and interview Oh, Rachel the interview Nichols, with Rachel Nichols. You know, and he kind of, you know, him and Durant, you know, Durant had some things to say about LeBron recruiting and saying that he's not going to be able to get guys to go to him because he has a talk to go to L.A. because it's a toxic environment around LeBron. And We talked about a lot on the show. Yeah, and Le- yeah, we talked. We had that discussion. LeBron said he took, basically, that he took offense to uh, Durant saying that, using the word toxic, saying that that implies that, you know, it's almost like a fatal disease and you don't want to be around that and that him and Durant had a phone call conversation where Durant said that he uh, he was misquoted, or not that he was misquoted, but misinterpreted. You know, Durant always doing Durant, his, yeah, his Durant. slick stuff. Yeah. Oh, they, they, he didn't like apologize for what yeah, he said. Of course, of course Durant said, not, oh, taking, not, taking, respon- not taking responsibility what he said. <laughs> so, and he said he squashed it or whatever. He's too he's too high in what he did, where he is in his career to let that stuff kind of affect him. But uh, Clearly it's affecting me. Yeah, talking, he said it talking, initially affected He's talking about it to Rachel Nichols. Yeah, <laughs> initially it affected him, but he said he's gotten over it. Um, they squashed their beef. He also said in that interview that, again, that he has been recruiting and wants to recruit guys at L.A. Yeah. That uh, that he couldn't get guys to come to Cleveland. That he was he apparently he was close, but guys couldn't do it or didn't want to do it. He tried a lot. And that he can get guys to Miami that he thinks that L.A. won't be a problem, which I think also was a response to Kevin Durant's uh, criticism. I'll just let you take whatever one of those. Yeah, or I mean. Or you want to combine a couple. I'll be honest. I think. I think the Anthony Davis deal is done. You think the Anthony Davis deal is done? Yeah. He's going to Los Angeles. I think it's done. How is that going to happen? I think this joint's been done. So what you think is a trade? Well, I mean, I think you got to explain. You know, I think it's it a good done. like. I think well, one. I think Anthony Davis is. is I mean, his days are numbered in New Orleans. I think a lot of people can see that. But beyond that, like this feels like when he signed with Rich Paul, and I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, because he signed Rich Paul automatically. Rich Paul got a lot of clients. I mentioned to you, Marcus Morris is one of his clients in Boston, uh, and he's a guy that's been treated very well in Boston, and that could be, you know, them trying to curry favor with Rich Paul a little bit. But LeBron is obviously Rich Paul's biggest client. Uh, LeBron held fun clutch sports uh, for a long time, so obviously he's the priority client. And if LeBron needs or really wants Anthony Davis in L.A., Anthony Davis has a house in L.A., um, that deal's going to get done. And I think that they want – I think LeBron has made it abundantly abundantly clear over the last couple of days, you know, I want a star player next to me. You know, it would be great to have another elite player on, on this team. I'm trying to recruit guys. I'm having a dinner with Anthony Davis. 
I would love to play with Anthony Davis flat out. <laughs> I mean, he's made it abundantly clear that, like, they should go after Anthony Davis. He also said, yeah, you know, Magic, he said in that interview, they asked, they, they, uh, Rachel Nichols asked her, or asked uh, LeBron, you know, about his age, should they increase, the, accelerate the clock or whatever and trying to get players. He's like, the, the you know, Magic and, Pal- and Palenka, they know they got a 34-year-old star that, you know, the clock's ticking. We <laughs> made it kind of clear, like, look, man, y'all ain't got that much time. Go out, go out and get guys. So, like, he hasn't minced words. You know, there have been times, like, when he went to Cleveland, he was like, look, we got to be patient. We got some young guys, you know. He was initially giving them yeah. a chance. Yeah, and he was doing that in L.A. for the first couple months. And yeah. now he's seen, uh, I feel like there's he's been seen another Brandon Ingram. He's like, <laughs> despite, give me, the give fact, yeah, despite the fact that they played well. I think he wants, honestly, I think them playing well is more like, man, we're really not that far off. Yeah, I think we really sees, should go after one of these guys. Yeah, I think he sees like man, we can we just keep Kuz, if we just keep Kuzma and give me the other guy, we'll <laughs> yeah. be fine. Yeah, so I do think I think the Anthony Davis deal is done, but I think it happens in the offseason. Um, so you think it's a trade? Yeah, I think it's a trade. I think Davis why makes it clear I'm only going to LA. Do you you don't uh, think that like Paul George? What do you think happens though? Because the guys that have been trying to get to places that they want to be traded, that has not happened yet. Every time a guy comes out with a list in the recent years, none of those guys have been traded there. Basically. Kyrie got sent to Boston. That wasn't on his list. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Butler got sent to ben Philly. Ben that wasn't on his list. Uh, Kawhi Leonard got sent to Toronto. That wasn't on his list. So. Paul George, OKC. Paul George, OKC. That wasn't on his list. Melo, OKC. That wasn't on his list. They said to beg him to go there. Like, why do we think that he's going he's gonna to be different than anyone else? in getting himself to Los Angeles via trade. And it's weird. I mean, normally I would think if Anthony Davis demands a trade, there would be – he's too good of a player to not – for some team not to do a Toronto and just be like, we'll take him for a year. Like Right, exactly. Know, Boston, I think, would put up a better offer than L.A. if it meant getting Anthony Davis for a year. But um, I don't think teams – I honestly don't think a team's going to be willing to, willing to put up with the headache if it doesn't mean a championship. And if you're in New Orleans, like, L.A. is in a unique position where they – I don't love their package that people have been offering, even with Kuzma, but they are in a unique position where they probably can put together one of the three or four best packages. Yeah. This isn't one of those cases where, like, they've got nothing, but <laughs> he's just trying to force his way there. Like, it has been in the past. In the past, it's been like, hey, L.A. really does not have that much, you know. You were – like, last year with Paul George, like, man, we're – we got to take Ingram – and they really didn't want to give him any room. And they like, got to take Russell or whoever. Like, it was never a great package. Um, now they're in a unique position where they have the opportunity to give away real assets. Uh, and the only team out there that can really match them is... So, I, I mean, I think... I would. I mentioned, I think, Philly, if they offered Ben Simmons, could be in that conversation. But I think Boston is the one team. If I'm Boston, I don't trade Tatum. But that's a whole other conversation. But, um, yeah, I think... I think L.A. is a team for Anthony Davis. I think that's where he ends up. But it won't happen this year. It'll happen in the offseason. I mean, I think that deal like, I think that deal's been done. I think I LeBron mean, knows it. I think Davis knows it. I think Rock Magic knows it. The only people that don't know it, I think, are the Pelicans. Well. And they'll find out when Davis comes to uh, Del Dempsey's or whoever the GM is, Del Dempsey gets fired. It comes to his desk and says, I want out. The only team I'm re-signing with is LA. Yeah, there'll be there'll be no David Stern to, <coughs> to help him out of this trade. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyone who remembers the Chris Paul situation. Um, that would be wild to have him again. But <laughs> Silver was just like, you know what? Nah, we ain't doing this. Yeah. This ain't it, Chief. Uh, I'll tell you what. I mean, is the deal done? I, I, I can't say that yet. I can't say that yet because I think that there are too many other viable options for AD. That made more sense for him. I don't know if it's more sense, but it's just they're too interesting not to at least think about. To me, it's it, it'd be surprising him not to think about Boston. It'd be surprising for him, to me, not even to think about New York. If Kevin Durant's there and you already got Porzingis, or if you could just trade Porzingis and get and now it's AD and KD. <laughs> I didn't expect that to rhyme, but... Like this, and that's New York City, and you're not in the shadow of like a guy who a lot of people think is the greatest of all time. It's a little different if you're with Kevin Durant. I think that's almost more of an equal thing than what he would be with if it's LeBron. But LeBron's declining. So that's the only reason I would say I would disagree. Yeah. Eventually, like AD might be better than LeBron next year. LeBron dips. Yeah. He will but, never be looked but at. Will, as but will he get guy. the? Will he get the? Well, one will LeBron happily like pass down the torch right that could be awkward two will the team know that i use that example because i thought about jeff van gundy coaching the new york knicks it took him yeah i don't know if he ever realized that patrick Ewing was the third best player on his team at times <laughs> he was the fourth best player yeah van gundy during his time there never knew that his whole time there, he thought ewing was still the best player even when we had Allen Houston going to All-Star Games, Spiro going to All-Star Games, Marcus Canby improving rapidly, it, the offense was still going through Patrick Ewing. And I get it. He loved Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing made him a career. But, and that's not the only example. There are a lot of examples of that, where a coach doesn't understand what he has. So I wonder if LeBron is there and you're the coach and you know LeBron is running the team, do you really understand what you have in Anthony Davis if LeBron is still great? And will and will he get the respect and the credit he deserves? You know, I can't uh, I can't say that for sure. So that's why I can't say for sure that it's definitely a done deal. The Clippers are also a team the way. So I think that I think the deal is in the works. I think Rich Paul and LeBron and Magic have definitely said we got to make this happen, and I think they're trying to make it happen. I can't say for sure it's a done deal. Look, at the end of the day, they can't. Rich Paul can try as as hardest. Rich Paul can try as hardest, but he can't force the Pelicans to do anything. Which is also the biggest. Same same problem Uncle Dennis had with uh, Pop. Couldn't force <laughs> Pop to trade him anywhere. Shout out to Uncle Dennis, uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard's uncle, who really wanted him to be a Laker. Or a Clipper. Or a, somewhere in Los Angeles. And couldn't do it. And Pop found a better offer. That ultimately could be how the joint plays out. But I think it's done in the minds of, I'll say that, it's done in the minds of LeBron, Rich Paul, and Magic. I think they think that Anthony Davis will be a Laker. Things can change. You know, situations change. Paul George, that deal was done in the minds of Paul George and Magic and Rob Palenka. When he offered, when he asked for a trade, they, there was a blunder by them not trading Brandon Ingram. I think, I think at this point we can all admit that that was a, that was a mistake. The Lakers not trading Ingram for uh Paul George. Uh, yeah, that was a mistake. That was, that was a huge mistake. Because if they had him right now, because I mean, it's only mis- it's only not a mistake if you get Anthony Davis. Even if you get Anthony Davis, 
Well, I unless you win a championship. Oh, you you're Anthony. trying to say that they could have still they got They would have had a big AD. three. Yeah, they would have got AD. Why not? Yeah, because you could just use Kuzma. Use Kuzma, Ball. Oh, you're going to need more than that to me. He's probably going to need more than that, but... You got to get a third. I think AD's going to be a free AD agent. gets traded to the Lakers, there's going to be a third team involved. There's no way with the late guys Lakers have they're getting him. I agree. I, I, I there's going to be some other team. Our brother Henry's a Pelicans fan. I keep He's actually surprisingly like, that's a, that's a decent offer. Kuzma, <laughs> what, just all of them, all the young, yeah, all he's the like young guys. Kuzma, Ingram, Ball. He's I like, don't think it's that bad either. So I'll take it if Davis asks for a trade. I'll take it. I'm like, I, 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 I told you, I, I don't, I get it. I feel bad for the Pelicans. That's the end of it. To me, if in a best case scenario, you get back. another star back. That's why I keep saying Ben Simmons is the guy I'm going after. I'm saying Philly. Look, right. Andy Davis is way better than Ben Simmons. That joint's not going to work with him and Embiid. Might as well try it with Anthony Davis and Embiid. And hope Anthony Davis resigns. Um, anything but, else from LeBron's week I wanted to talk? Oh, sorry, what are you going to say? Yeah, I mean, there was, a, there was an interesting conversation that was had on ESPN about is LeBron, uh, should, should you know, I know EJ, you talk a lot about, you know, you, you're worried about Kevin Durant, you know. About Kevin Durant's what, his mental state? Yeah, like his mental yeah. You always say, yeah, I'm worried about Kevin Durant. Shout out to Kevin Durant. Hope he's should, doing okay. Should we be worried? Should we be worried? Should we be worried about LeBron? He's been a little more reckless in the media. Uh, I mean, in the last like two. Worried weeks. about his mental state? Not mental state. I mean, LeBron's a very. Like, I, have, I do have serious concerns about the right. Right, right. Not on that level. But it, LeBron's a much more calculated figure. He has. Been. Yeah. But in the last two, three weeks, he's been way less calculated. Yeah, he's he's been, been more like I don't care. Well, he clearly, at he, all. he clearly reached a point in his career where he thinks he can kind of say whatever he, he, he wants. He might think he's Teflon. Uh, he like, learned that, that I was want not the case. Davis he learned on the Lakers. He learned this week that is not the case. And again, should we be worried? Uh, or do you think maybe he's quote unquote? I won't say, I won't say learned his lesson. He's a grown man. I, I think. But I think. Do you think maybe he he's learned maybe I should back off a little bit? No. Well, here's what I'll say. I should we be worried? In the long run, no, because I think that he's smart enough, and I think in his heart he's a good enough person that he won't do anything that ridiculous to like really screw up what he's built um but what i will say is i think that he probably will need to get so to speak smacked upside his head one more time something stupid for him to realize maybe he should be careful right you don't think this 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 whole thing the whole jewish lyric didn't get nearly as big as it could have um or it should have it wasn't like he said it i mean i'm not gonna speak to how offensive or not i'm not a jewish person i was smart enough to know he shouldn't have said that uh, or tweeted or whatever he did the Insta story with the posting of the lyric, but um, I do I hope and he kind of spoke to it about it. I was actually surprised at his expl- explanation when I saw his apology that he said that he kind of he literally didn't understand what he what he was saying was offensive. He was trying to compliment them is what he claimed. Right, and I and that's what Twenty One Savage said too. I don't know if that's him and his team coming up with the ignorance. Right. Yeah, it could be a it could, that, be, it could be a cover, but but I'm not trying to I'm, I'm absolutely not trying to make fun of like the fact that he didn't go to college. I'm not, but I do think about a kid from Akron, as he says. He he likes to kind of talk about how at the end of the day he's still just a street kid from Akron who did not go to college. And when he said that, it did I was like, oh, okay. We know his his as yes, he's been exposed to a lot of Jewish people and white people because of his time playing basketball and sports but does he kind of understand these little nuances that maybe if you're not paying attention you don't get 
we grew up in a Jewish neighborhood. So I knew very quickly why that was wrong. But like if, if you don't, you're in Ohio where there aren't that many Jewish people, I would assume, not as much in New York City. Um, and like most of your, your dealing with Jewish people are in passing and business deals or whatever, and you just see them in money. Like maybe he really didn't think of it that way. And that's where I'd say he's got to be careful because I, I hope that for someone who I think he's done fantastic work in terms of being uh, being a spokesperson for uh, equality and, and for stand, stand up for what's right. He's being smart about uh, his image. Right. And, and my thing is, forget about the image even. Because, yeah, this was stupid for his image and it wasn't good. But my thing is, you, you've decided that this you've decided that that what you're what you want to be about is bigger than basketball, which I, again, commend him for. He should be commended for it. But also, you got to understand there's a price tag that comes with that. And how you act, regardless of whether it's fair or not, it's going to be a reflection on other people who are for your cause. And a lot of times he's for the people. He's for the cause of disenfranchised people. So I'm not saying nobody's perfect. But unfortunately, in the world we live in, he kind of has to be perfect. So I hope I, I would hope that this incident will kind of shine a light on maybe... Okay, the things I don't know, I should educate myself on a little bit if I really want to take this route and be so outspoken. So I don't not realize that making something about Jewish people getting money and how that could be deemed an issue. Because we had a lot of people who were just faking like they care. Like, screw Clay Travis, who was okay with white girls saying the N-word, but then said LeBron was going after Jewish people. Get that dude the hell out of here. We know what he's about. Forget about him. Forget about that crowd. Forget about the trolls. But the other people who say, yo, this is not, not great, the Anti-Defamation League, other people coming out saying, no, this was clearly not a great sign, but we respect what he's done, and we know LeBron has been great for equality, and he's great for all people. For those, that folk, I hope he kind of understands, okay, gotta be a little smarter. And I hope that he understands that there's a bigger, this is bigger than basketball, like he always talks about. And if he's gonna have that, I'm a champion for social change attitude, I'm the Muhammad Ali of this era, you know that Muhammad Ali also got hit for controversial statements. And he wore that brunt. And he, he had to apologize. And he walked back stuff he, he said in the past, too, about Joe Frazier. I mean, it, you know, I, I just hope that LeBron understood. I think this may be the first time LeBron maybe really understood. Because I hope it was the first time he really understood the weight of what he was doing. Not just on the positive side, but on what could happen if things go wrong. Yeah. Um... Yeah, yeah, I only asked the question because um, even after... Did that answer your question? I went on a real tangent just now. Uh, I mean, you said you're not worried about LeBron. No, because I think, yeah, cause I think he's smart enough. And I think in his heart of hearts, he has good intentions. And for the most part, smarter people around him, hopefully a little more get guarded, that should get you by. Yeah, I mean, he, after the tampering thing, he, he said, you know, I'm not going to... I'm not gonna. People aren't gonna control what I say and stuff like. And it sounded even more like he's doubling down on the. I'm LeBron James. I'm gonna say whatever I want. So that's uh, why I, I hope that he takes that. He, that can go. That can be a positive if he takes it as I'm not gonna be afraid. Like I'm not gonna let these trolls like Clay Travis, who I will not say anymore. Cause I don't want to give any more name than I've given him. Um. That these trolls will like stop me because I made this mistake. Now he wasn't. Now talking, that's he, hopefully that's the case. He I, wasn't talking about that. He was talking about right. The, so the GMs so, so that's, calling him out. So that's but hopefully, but hopefully maybe this now 
maybe that's what that this was that SmackDown I was talking about that he needed. Now the funny, the funniest thing yesterday you weren't there, but me and Sh- me and uh, Shamari of uh, the Imperial Broadcast we were watching. Uh, this was halftime of the Laker uh, Warriors game. They were showing the Rachel Nichols LeBron interview, and Michelle Beadle from ESPN had to. She was you know like leading into the interview. She was like, you know, LeBron James has had a very interesting week. You know, talking about the the slave master comments and the the uh, you know the Israel the Israel uh, not Israel the Jewish comments and she, and she was like, but before all that, oh Rachel Nichols sat down and it was. It I know was I wouldn't. I know I wouldn't mention Clay Travis one more time. Me, me and, and but I gotta mention him one more time because I saw that same exact thing you're talking about. And I'm almost positive that was in response to his tweet. To, about Rachel Nichols, that she was a corporate shrill shill for not who was afraid of asking really? LeBron about this. Yeah, yo, and you Rachel, know, Rachel you know actually, funny. Rachel actually responded to him. She basically she made light of it, saying, "Oh, I have my time machine that day. Sorry, couldn't ask the question. Right, right. I would have been not as nice." Me, me and Shamari, we joked. <laughs> it's funny, we I joked. I was like, "Yo," and I didn't know about this, but I was like, the way she did that, I just, I started when she said that I was dying laughing. It was, was very like, weird. I heard it. Yeah, I, I was, wasn't in the room, but I was around. I was dying laughing because I was like, "Yo, like, no, I don't know if people caught that, but obviously, like, she's saying like, for all the people that are gonna be like, oh, ESPN's, you know, they're protecting LeBron and they're not gonna ask the, the hard hitting questions." I was like, she had to be like, before all that happened. I'm telling you, he she, tweeted that earlier in the yeah, day. So of course, yeah. And, and, and like, I, did, I didn't mince words. I, it wasn't a direct quote, but he literally said, you're a corporate shell who was afraid to ask LeBron about what he said about you. Like, he was on one. <laughs> and, and, of course, he has an idiot following who they're retweeting, liking, yeah, down liberal ESPN. And so I'm, I'm sure because of that environment, that was, you know, if you're on social media, that was kind of a thing if you watch Follow Sports. So... I'm sure Mitchell maybe saw that and said, okay, well, we should probably be smarter. Because I think earlier in the day and other parts of the day, they were not mentioning that. That was the first time I saw them mention that when they're talking about this Rachel Nichols interview. They didn't say, oh, prior to, you know, when LeBron said all this crazy stuff, he did an interview with Rachel Nichols. They didn't dare do that for They were just showing it as is. It wasn't until this idiot statement that they were like, oh, let me say this. So that is, I promise the last time you'll hear Clay Travis's name on the show. But yeah, so this is never probably not, but tonight, yeah, tonight definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, <laughs> we've done an hour, more than an hour on NBA. We've done almost an hour and a half on NBA, so we got to go through the rest of this stuff quickly. Uh, NFL playoff picture, Kendall. Any, any takeaways from, or any not takeaways, but any, really any anything you're looking forward to leading up to this last weekend? Uh, I mean, obviously the Saints. The NFC. Saints uh, um, are are in they they've locked up they locked up home field right yeah so it's going through New Orleans I I, I don't think anyone's beating them in the NFC the if you guys go to New Orleans uh it's a dome so I don't think the elements are gonna or the home field advantage is gonna count as much as uh most times really yeah I disagree with that with the Superdome I disagree. yeah I mean, Superdome is crazy. And any, tough. and any team who is better off not being in the elements is this team. But, like, if this was, like, this was a deal where, like, we were, like, if Chicago or someplace or when Green Bay, when they would get, like, home field advantage or they had home home playoff games, like, those are tough because 
a dome team like that is not gonna do well or is not gonna be favored, you know. Yeah, but the home cold... the home field advantage though of the Superdome when the Saints are good is about as good a home field advantage as there is in the NFL. Like, I think you're underestimating that element of it. I get, oh, I don't got to play in the cold. But also, I can't hear anything. Right. There's that, too. Like, I, I it's not going to help, but I think some of these teams... Won't be afraid to go in yeah, there. Yeah, some of these teams aren't going to be afraid. Um, and some of these teams in the NFC are so good. that Yeah, NFC These are going to be great matchups. I mean, if they play L.A., if they play Chicago... You know, I, I look. I, I'm still. If Minnesota gets in, I think Minnesota. Do you think they get dangerous. in? This is a weird. This is a weird week because Chicago has a lot to play for. Minnesota Philly has Philly everything play, to play Philly for. Washington, right? Uh, I don't know. I believe Philly. <laughs> I should know that since we're doing the show today. Um, regardless, I think it's Washington. But like Minnesota should really win this game. <laughs> you know, like. I, you can't. You don't want to back into the playoffs in any regard. Yeah, Philly versus um, Washington at four twenty. Washington is obviously that's weird because the Minnesota game's at one, I believe, right? No, it's that's false at four o'clock game. So they're gonna be playing at the same time, right? Uh, hold that thought. <laughs> I'm trying. To, yeah, it's also four o'clock. Yeah, it's also so they try to make it where the teams that would be in play they're playing at the same time, which is good. So, uh, yeah, no, I think um, I think Minnesota gets in. I think we do. We, I, think, I might as well. Yeah, I think we. I think we take care of business. Uh, the home, the home, the home radio guy, Kendall Stewart. We gotta get this done. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm taking the snaps. Um, and I think Philly gets. I think Philly wins, but I don't think they get in. I think Minnesota take care of, takes care of business. I, I think, think, I think, I think Minnesota. Are y'all are y'all home this week? Uh, I believe we are. Yeah, y'all at home. Uh, I, I'm gonna say y'all win. But Matt Nagy, I can talking see you guys get too. it. I see you guys get it. I don't think. Though. I don't think. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna win the Super Bowl, but also Matt Nagy's been talking crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I've loved. I don't know if I've loved how the Bears have acted since winning the division. You know, Matt Nagy's been all, oh, yeah, you know, we're going we gonna to have fun knocking them out of the playoffs. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I've enjoyed anything <laughs> I, I see from the worried. Bears since they won that division. I, I thought the celebration was a little much. terrible. I thought they played terrible last week. And then I didn't even know about this Nagy stuff. But I'm like, why are you talking about this with the way your team looked against the 49ers? Yeah, you know. In a I game that y'all still been, needed to win and y'all barely been asking, won. You know, are you gonna play your guys or whatever? He's like, of course we're gonna play our guys. We're playing a division rival. We're gonna, we got we obviously they still have a little bit to play for. And he's like, you know, we're gonna have uh, fun knocking out a division, knocking a division rival out of the playoffs and stuff. And obviously Mike Zimmer is gonna use that at the ultimate board. Bulletin yeah, board I, I haven't, I haven't loved how they've handled themselves. I think they're probably due for like a humbling. They seem a little, yeah, they seem a little ahead of themselves right now. Yeah, I think they'll get humbled this week. Uh, which is kind of unfortunate. I think the Eagles would be a much, I mean, fortunate for you, but I think the Eagles would be a much more formidable team in the playoffs than the Vikings. Really? Absolutely. I don't. I just don't see that. No, the Eagles are red hot right now. I think that they got that same, not that same Super Mojo, but I think they think they have the same Super Mojo, which is all they need. Right. Because a team that's irrationally confident, sometimes that's the most dangerous team. I don't know. I don't think the, Timber, I don't think the, the Vikings are <laughs> confident at all. I think they're a team that's, 
feel like we they're lucky. I feel like way. they have a team that's lucky to be here, and like they're like, oh, we well, haven't beat a good team all year. Yeah, this is our one <laughs> shot to be to finally be a good team. Like I, I don't feel confident that team's gonna do anything in the playoffs. I haven't beaten anybody. The Eagles have shown they could beat anybody. They just are wildly inconsistent. But they've been consistent in the last two or three weeks. So, uh, but I don't think it will matter. I agree. I think the Vikings will win. Um, which means that I guess uh, so. The, I, that means that we both think the Rams will get the two spot. Then we don't think the Bears are going to lose. Which that would be a break for the Rams because they really backed in here. Yes. Um, out in the out in the AFC. Who gets that wild card spot between the uh, Colts and Titans Sunday Night Football? That's a that's a that's a it's a winner or go home. It's a playing game. Yeah, playing game. Interesting. It's, it's, I like that the NFL for the most part we get that. Yeah, it tends it's to rare. There's not a week when that happens. Yeah, yeah, that was wild. There isn't a playing game. We had that Nuggets T Wolves game. Yeah, that was cool. That was wild. That was a great game too. Yeah. Um, it's also a shame that Nuggets didn't. In hindsight, it's a shame they didn't get in. Man. Yeah, it would have been way better seeing them. Seeing play. the way they've developed this year, like they should have, they should have been in the playoffs. That trash team, Minnesota team, waste our time. Carl T. Towns, Jimmy Butler, couldn't, couldn't make a shot in the playoffs, man. What a waste of time. Um, that's tough. I think, I think Indy gets it. Tennessee, uh, they didn't look great last week. Uh, playing on no, Saturday. No, they haven't looked great in a long time. Yeah, you know, they they. I guess they oh they, they, okay yeah, they look getting good in Shacksonville right but besides that they relied a lot now, on that now nah, Henry he looks great yeah oh, every Henry but besides him but he didn't play that great last week and that hurt them uh but so no, wait, the matchup predictor ESPN has this game literally at fifty one forty eight like it's like a toss up nah, honestly with Indy winning yeah or Tennessee Indy yeah Tennessee at home this is a weird game uh. Both teams are pretty good defensively. I think the Colts have really played well defensively recently. You know, Eli kind of gave them a scare last week. I don't know. I, I, I Mariota, what we don't know what his health's going to be like. I'm going to say the Colts win this. Is you have the Colts also? Yes. Yeah, I have the Colts too on the road. The Colts are also one of the hottest teams in the league, and they're also I think if we're looking for best matchups, this is the team we want to see. We don't want to see the Titans. Titans aren't beating anybody in the postseason. Andrew Luck, I'm giving him a shot against almost anyone. Because the Colts started off the season as one of the worst teams in the league. And they've won. They've, like, pretty much only lost one game in the last, like, two or three months. Which is really impressive. Yeah. So, uh. Apparently. You, what was it? Uh, no, you, you go first here. Well, this is off topic. So, I don't know if you have. Uh, so, let me stay on topic real quick before you go off topic. Uh, uh Patriots holding on to this, too. And. Should we be worried they're as trash as they look? The Patriots? Yeah. They got to win to hold on to the two spot. Uh, The Texans couldn't hold on. And that Eagles late come from behind victory. Pat's got the Jets, so I would think they're going to hold on. Yeah. I'll tell you what. If they, did, they, if they don't get this two spot, I don't think they're making it to the next round. It's gonna be tough. I'm gonna say that they're gonna lose to the Colts if they lose. If they don't the, the win. The Josh Gordon thing obviously blew them up a little bit. Um, yeah, shout out to him. Hopefully he can get better, man. Not, not did not like to see what happened to him. Oh yeah, that was tough. You look very distracted. What are you looking for? Well, sorry. Yeah, I'll, that's why I was gonna interrupt you. <laughs> yeah, what, what's so, up? You see, uh, you can't continue the show with me talking to myself. You see, Vontez Perfect. Um, he's got a concussion. It's the seventh one of his career. 
and apparently his career is in jeopardy, which I, don't know, I just thought that was interesting because <laughs> Vox is perfect, very, uh, you know, oh, this right. is one, yeah, this is one of those deals where, like, you know, generally you hear a guy's career is in jeopardy, and it's a sad moment, but. He'll be like, it might, honestly, be, might be for the best for everyone. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> honestly, probably protects a lot of players in the league. Um, uh, look, you know, man. look, head injury is not something I want to joke about. And look, to be honest, yeah, it should be you fair. Know, I'll like, you if this was like a you know a broken arm, his career was over, I'd be more like, ah, who cares? Uh, what I will say is, um, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Thank you for making that point. So I automatically take back the minor joke I made about everybody being better off if he didn't play. But what I will say is, for someone who has been very uneven um, emotionally behavior, and mentally, yeah. I hear seven concussions. I have thoughts, obviously, about if that is contributing. This is a guy who's been a very dangerous player, which is why I said that you know maybe I'd be better off because he's been a headhunter, no pun intended, for his entire career. And yeah. it's not. I don't feel bad missing words about that. Yeah, he's oh, yeah, taken yeah, out yeah. dudes. He's been known as one of the dirtiest yeah. players in the league. Yeah, I, I am far from a Vazquez Murphy. Yeah. So, so with that being said, though, when I hear about seven concussions and how his behavior's been on the field. I, I, I can only hope that there isn't any – that isn't affecting how he's acted emotionally on and off the field. And I hope that that uh, doesn't have an issue – become an issue if it is over for him. Yeah. I, yeah, you hope that there's no obviously post-career shenanigans. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I do think the Patriots would, would not make it to the next round if they don't get this by. Because Brady – I feel like Brady's – Brady's either hurt or – or he's just like worn down. There's a rumor that he's got he's dealing with an MTL. That wouldn't surprise me. He he he's been wildly inaccurate for a guy who's normally pinpoint. And if you can't plant and stuff, that all that stuff matters. So that wouldn't shock me if he was dealing with kind of knee injury. But and the Patriots did their like top secret with everything, so he could be playing on one hand, one foot and we wouldn't know it. He'd have a robot foot. <laughs> We would, we would have no idea because Patriots keep everything under wraps. So, so yeah, I don't know. they look like a team that's just literally just like waiting to get to the offseason. Yeah. Which is crazy for a team that's a two spot, but that's how they look. So, I don't feel good about them. I think the Texans would beat them if they play them in New England or if they play them in Houston. What do we make of the, the whole North situation? First of all, Mike Tomlin... Man, if he gets fired, I, I like I feel bad for him, but he kind of did it to himself with that crazy fake punt. That's the kind of thing that gets you fired. Yeah. Uh, it is one of the kind of things. You fake for a guy that's already on a game seat. that you have to win, you fake punt in your own territory when against one of the best offenses in the league, and it's tough to stop them. Yeah, yeah, you you if you get fired because you didn't make the playoffs and you lost that game, well, that seemed like that one of those what happens. Where I don't think he cares at this point. I think he's kind of he's going he's just going for it. I think he's kind of done, like mentally. I think he. I don't think so. Out. Tom was a fighter. I I don't think he wants to get fired. I don't think he's like gonna resign. But I think he's willing to live with the results. I think he's resigned he to be on the hot seat at this point. So like, he, I'm not gonna be safe. Right. You know, like, if I get fired, it may happen anyway. <laughs> he may make the right, playoffs yeah. and get fired. He's like, look, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And if I get fired, look, Mike Tomlin is a great coach that will get another job. You know, this won't be his last head coaching job. He's won a Super Bowl. I, I, don't, think he, I don't think he cared that much. He can coach in college. Uh, the Ravens holding on to the spot, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think so, too. 
Shout out to Lamar Jackson and all those fools. My guy, man. All those Yo, fools who thought he was. You've been listening to the show for over a year. Who's a wide receiver? You've heard me go in on all those guys. It's not gonna be easy though, because uh, Money Baker Mayfield is. Uh, it's not gonna be easy out in this yeah, last Baker game. Mayfield, man. Come on. Don't give me. Don't get me started on Baker Mayfield. Yeah, you guys listen to this podcast. Y'all look, tell you what. It's unfortunate we haven't had a show in two weeks because we would have. It would have been kung fu fighting on this Hugh Jackson situation. Yeah. Or like a month ago, we we there was, a, there was an opportunity to have a conversation, but we didn't have a show that week. Right. It's like every time we've had a chance, because apparently I learned yesterday, me and Kendall are completely on the opposite spectrum of this Hugh Jackson thing. I would talk about we are way over time, so I got to move on. Uh, college football playoff. Um, who you got in these games? Uh, Alabama, 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 Oklahoma. Oklahoma, the Orange Bowl. Um, I'm going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with uh, Alabama in the first one. Uh, I think, or the second one, really. But the first game you posed, I think this is obviously, I think, a, an incredible matchup. Uh, I, I argue. I, I think it's the best we've we've had in this era. Um, in terms of box office, when you talk about arguably the two greatest quarterbacks in terms of single season that we've had in college football history uh, going up against each other. Um, you have the Alabama dynasty, uh, which is a very appropriate word to, to use for this Alabama uh, program, uh, with its most explosive offense ever. And going up against uh, Lincoln Riley, who's the hottest name in football right now as a coach, and his offense, which produced back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners. I mean, this is... Kind of a dream matchup. The matchup we won it last year with Baker. It's even better this year now. We have Tua and Kyler mm-hmm. Murray involved, so it's an excellent matchup. I think Alabama's a. Uh, I think they're going to throttle Oklahoma. Not these will be close. I think it's going to be a very close game. I think Alabama will win, but I think that Alabama has not seen an offense like this. And they it, they have. To it will be. It will show. Whenever they play it will show them. immediately. I I think they might get down early in this game, and then they have to kind of fight back. But they'll win. But they're going to get up. And also, Lincoln with a month to prepare for any defense, I think he's going to have some stuff that they're not expecting. What about Clemson and Notre Dame? I'll tell you, I got Clemson. I got them kind of big. Mm. I know Clemson's been kind of Jekyll and Hyde. And I, like I said a couple months ago, and I still kind of agree, I still don't think we know what temp Clemson is. Like, the ACC was so bad. But I think that if there's anyone who will benefit the most from a month of practice and preparation, I think it will be Mr. Lawrence. Right. Freshman, didn't play all season. He got a month to sit down, watch, take practice, kind of learn, study. For a team that is good, but I don't think is a world beater. No. Pitt played both those teams, and well, we should have beaten Notre Dame, and we couldn't. Right, I think this is a team should have been on the same. I think this is a team he can prepare for, get ready for, and then put up big numbers against. And I don't think that Notre Dame has the firepower to keep up with Clemson's offense in this game against that front line that Clemson's going to put against them. Yeah, they're not going to have. They haven't seen defensive line. Dexter Lawrence is going to be suspended, which will not help. They got like five other guys, but yeah. (laughs) <laughs> or great. Def- yeah, they yeah their defensive line is insane. They could lose one guy and it wouldn't matter. That means they'd have only two first-round picks playing in the defensive line. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to have issues, I think, blocking this kind of front line. 
in that front seven. So I got Clemson kind of big in this game. Yeah, I think Clemson's a much better team. Um, which I don't use awful for college football because that means we both agree that we're going to see Alabama versus Clemson again. See, I don't. It doesn't bother me as much only because I feel like Lawrence gives me a different feel about this entire game. I mean, it's not Deshaun Watson or Kelly Bryant. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's a different feel. Clemson have a black quarterback this time. <laughs> no, but I say it's a different feel because Lawrence, because Bryant and 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 Watson play similar. <laughs> I'm just, it's, no, I'm no not. Comment. I'm not. No comment. No, I'm just giving them 100. They do. They have similar. All right, Trevor Watson Lawrence is, in their pro Watson, style. Watson is way better than than Bryant, obviously. But, oh yeah. But in terms of style yeah, of play, in terms of style of play, <laughs> Watson and, and Bryant are more similar. Where I think Bryant, where where Lawrence is. is He's a freshman. More prototypical. He's a freshman quarterback, <laughs> a guy we haven't seen, and he's different. He plays different than those guys. I think that how Clemson runs their offense with him compared yeah, to how they run it yeah. with those other two guys is yeah, different. Right. So that creates a different matchup in terms of what Saban's going them. up against. Yeah. And and exactly. So because two is much different than what we saw yeah. from Jay Coker uh, or, Hertz. or Hertz, who had been who played the last two times they faced Clemson. So I'm I, I'm fine with this. If this is the matchup. Yeah, um, but I mean you're not. But yeah, I'm I mean like it's the best. It's the best for business now. Like I, I mean, if Oklahoma plays Clemson, because Alabama, also. Alabama will, will score seventy on Notre Dame. Yeah, we cannot see that matchup again. Yeah, we can't. We gotta hope that Oklahoma could beat one of them teams, and then we get a that's what I'm saying competitive national championship. Like if you want to see Clemson, Oklahoma, like more power to you. Um, and then look, if Alabama. I feel regardless of having the national championship game, if we get Alabama Clemson, it's bad for college football. But if Alabama then beats Clemson, that's also not great for college football because then it creates a UConn situation where, I mean, Alabama is going to win every year. You know, like Tua, like Tua, if he wins the national championship, we'll have this conversation if they beat Oklahoma. But like, if he beats, if they, if he, if they beat Oklahoma and they win the national championship this year. Like this kid has a good chance. What I said he what I said would happen for the year that he might go down as the greatest quarterback in college football history, man. If he wins this year, if they win this year, I mean he would go into next year with a chance of winning a huge three, favorite, chance of winning three to win the Heisman, championships, and, and a huge favorite to win a national championship. Uh, I don't. I'm not. I, it's rare I, that the favorite to win the Heisman. I can't say he's it. a huge chance because his freshman year he only played one game. He only played half a game, and he won the national championship. I understand. I get it. And, and he was, had it was fantastic. He had probably the greatest non Heisman season we've ever seen. And then if he goes and does what he's capable of doing as a, as a junior, which is no reason beyond injury why he couldn't or shouldn't. I mean, we said the same. No, thing he'd about be up there. He'd be, he'd be up there amongst the greats. I just think that. But three. I, what? There's nobody. I, I has just think for him. I think for him, people will look at it and look at his team and just feel like it was so unbalanced. That, a lot. That like yes yeah. he was great like no one would deny a lot of two no legacy. one deny that he's one of the greatest but to say he's the greatest I think you say man look at that defense look at that offense a lot a lot of two of legacy is gonna come down to how he is as an NFL quarterback yeah I mean he did he got hurt in the Chandler game Jalen Hurts came in and won the year for that Jalen Hurts won eleven games and would have won that championship and then he played terrible in that Chandler game and then he came in we might never heard of this guy if Jalen Hurts would have yeah, did the yeah, job he, he went to USC according to Lane Kiffin which would have been <laughs> that, that's a bizarre um. Lane Clifford lives in a bizarre world, so that would yeah, yeah, so yeah. maybe he maybe we shouldn't listen to him. Um, but uh, I mean, he would be amongst the great. I can't say he would have a great chance of being the greatest. Cause I think that that would still be. A and then also on the Kyler Murray side, real quick, you've got 
if they are able to beat Alabama next week. Yeah. And, I mean, we're all going to be whether they win a national championship. But if they do, the momentum for him to go to the NFL is going to be through the roof. If you're if he lights up Alabama, if they put up 45 points Yeah, if he lights, yeah. And I, I think he lights them up in the loss. I think it will still be. Yeah, it will still be plenty of momentum. it be a fever pitch for him to go to the NFL. And, like, people are already saying, like, this kid's a top. This kid's a first-round pick. Todd Mache said flat out, I would draft him in the first round. Um, he's 5'10". It's crazy. Maybe five ten. Yeah, it's crazy. A guy that's short, we could be drafting. I mean, he's like Doug. Flutie. He's like yeah, I was about to say he's like Doug Flutie. It's crazy. The fact that people are like so positive. I mean, but I mean, he he deserves a lot of like if a lot Bill Polian called Kyler Murray short, I wouldn't I wouldn't <laughs> blame him. I wouldn't be like he doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm like Lamar Jackson, who's six four, but like Kyler Murray is short, and generally I don't care. But even I'm a little concerned that like a guy that small. Can that guy as well be my franchise quarterback? Well, I think he can credit uh, Baker Mayfield. He can credit Drew Brees and Russell Wilson for Wilson. creating this prototype that maybe you don't need Even to be Mahomes tall. Even Mahomes isn't that big. Mahomes not that tall. He's about six what six one six, six two one, maybe. Six two, yeah. So these guys are creating a prototype. They, oh, maybe you don't need a tall. If you're athletic, or even if you're not athletic, but if you're athletic, it certainly helps. Yeah. Uh, we got to do this who's flames who's trashing really quickly, but I do want to do it. Uh, so I'm going to say both of mine's. So, I'm going to go with Trash first because my Flames one's a little off the beaten path. So, Trash this week is Mark Cuban. Um, I had to give him bars this week. Uh, Cuban this week said that if American players here, if the McDonald American MA players here, instead of being grown up in the United States, grew up in Slovenia and got what he called an education, which I've never heard anyone refer to playing basketball as an education, but okay. They had an education in Slovenia and uh, they'd be much better I think player. he literally meant education, honestly. That is insane because Slovenia, just like Slo- Slovenia is nowhere near the United States in education. Right. <laughs> I had to look up the stat because I was like, he means that. that I got to see what where they rank. Slovenia is not close to the United States. <laughs> so that would be idiotic if he's It would also be idiotic because his example, quote unquote, <laughs> Luka Doncic who moved to Madrid. At right, 13. who grew up in Spain. Also, it's, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of reasons that all this is ridiculous. It's also ridiculous because, like, okay, if you're talking about education – then are you talking about the fact that a lot of young uh, African-Americans are in public school systems that underserve them? There's a whole other conversation, yes. I don't think it's a conversation he wants to have. So I'm, <laughs> so that's why I'm saying he needs to just pipe down or at least explain or have a larger conversation and more nuance what he's saying. And to finish my point, uh, he said that they would be better off going to Slovenia, getting education, learning the skills of basketball than being in America and worrying about their mixtapes and taunting people. Cuban offended his own player, uh, Harrison Barnes. Probably multiple. Yeah, well, probably Barnes offended his whole a, team. Yeah, I'm sure besides Durkin, Durkin, Luca, and but Harrison Barnes was the one who made a statement saying, "Yeah, nah, we ain't rocking with this." Cuban, you're trash for this because one, it, to me, even beyond the obvious issues of what to me sounds like the way Cuban speaks about young black culture is a little alarming. He said the thing about the guy in the hoodie, a black kid in the hoodie, yeah, the old Trayvon is Martin scared. Is it scares him as, mo- as much as a, a white dude with tattoos and face paintings all over his face, which was just really strange. I still don't quite understand what he was making about that. Now this thing about mixtapes and taunts, like, dude, you realize, like, all the guys on your team, besides Luca, all came up playing AAU ball. I'm not. I'm the first one to tell you that AAU ball 
has a lot of detrimental aspects yeah, to it. Issues to it, obviously. Obviously, but last time I checked, there ain't no Slovenian dudes in the NBA Hall, basketball Hall of Fame, yeah. not one. So the idea that I don't and I don't, I don't see a bunch of Slovenian dudes in the All Star game this year either. Nope. There probably won't be one in one this year. Nah, He'll be one in the hurt. rookie game. But not in the All Star game. Rodgers made it last year, so I'll give him credit. Shout out to Rodgers. He made it last year. I said, <laughs> this, last I said year. this year. Yeah. There ain't going to be one this year. There's only been one in the last 50 years. This was so ridiculous and so stupid that what annoyed me as someone who I, we, I kind of forget to mention on this show, but the Dallas Mavericks are my second team. The Dallas Mavericks have played well this year. This was Cuban and his ego. Feeling like he had to speak about how great his pick was, Luka Doncic. Yeah, obviously he's feeling himself. And to do this, he created an unnecessary distraction for his team. He's a genius. No, so, one, no one knew Luka Doncic yeah. was gonna be a good player. <laughs> I mean, come on now. So Mark Cuban, this was stupid. You created a distraction yeah. for your team when your team is playing my, well. You were trash for this. My, team. Yeah, my one question is, uh, has has, Luke, has Mark Cuban ever sat courtside at a Nike EYBL game? I would. Guess not. Have you ever been to a, an Adidas Gauntlet game? I guess not. Or an Under Armour Circuit game? No. Probably not. So it, not. I hope not. With a guy who makes that much, that much money, he could do a lot more. Yeah, fun he, than that. he can probably send people to go to those games and scout if they if they're even allowed to. But my point being, I'm not, I Mark Cuban does not follow or watch AAU basketball on any type of intricate level. He doesn't scout AAU basketball. He doesn't know the ins and outs of why. Yeah, he has no idea what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And he doesn't know what makes European basketball or what makes players from Europe, from Europe successful. And guess there what? Are probably, look, there are things about Luka Doncic that, you know, people say he's, came, he's come to the league more prepared than other guys. That could be the case. I don't think, look, I think if Doncic grew up in America, he'd also still be, he also would still would have been a top 10 pick. And guess what, Kendall? You know what I mean? Guys from Europe, I'm sure Doncic probably has a quote somewhere. That said, they wanted to play basketball from watching YouTube mixtapes of NBA players, no, yeah. college players. Yeah, almost, almost all of them talk about that. Who, who's the best European player in the NBA, EJ? Right now? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, white, Europe, white, no, white, no, white Europe, European. Well, Giannis Giannis Antetokounmpo. Where his development all happened in America. Right. He came in the league mad raw. Yeah, he had no. He had no game. No game. He was he was a blank cam- canvas, and through NBA coaching, became a superstar mm-hmm. NBA player. Like that's the only because I mean yeah, did Europe, Europe help him so much? <laughs> obviously, he, I mean he came in with no game. Yeah, like so like that's and that's the only like obviously if you want to use the whole race thing, there aren't that many black Europeans, but he's one of the few that like is that was black that came over to the United States and like he's trying to say if we sent all of our black American players to Europe that they'd come back better. Well, he's the example of that type of guy who has the athletic traits that he was probably alluding Europe to. Europe did nothing for him. And he had no real skills. Right. Not until the United States was he able to hone the obvious instinctual natural basketball talent that he has into being a great player. Luka Doncic is a savant. Obviously, he also has that same natural talent. He doesn't have the physical talent, obviously. But he has the same, maybe beyond natural talent that Giannis has. And he did hone it. Just like LeBron James also has that 
same right. talent and through a- the AAU system. Yeah, yeah, he played it he, perfectly. There's a whole movie about him playing AAU. So you like, can watch. <laughs> it, 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 there is no science to if a guy grows up in Europe, they're gonna be. I mean, it's just it's. You know, I mean, EJ. I mean, I know you know, but maybe a lot of the listeners may not remember Jan Vesely. Yes, I do. And that's a European Vesely. guy from. I don't even remember where he's from. I, I don't want to get it I don't wrong. I know it either. I want to say he's from. <laughs> I'll say he's from Korea. I, that's why I think it is. I don't know. You can look it up if you want. Yeah, but I'm saying I think, he's from I think you're right. Jan Vesely, I think you know where I'm going with this. He's got no skills. Right. He's got no game. Just for every Luka Doncic and Dirk Nowitzki. Czech Republic. Czech Republic, yeah. That's very few guys from Czech Republic. Should have been watching Wizards <laughs> first time. <laughs> Honestly, right? Child's Czech Republic. I'm yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, they got some bowlers. Yeah. Jan Vesely's not one of them. Um. So, like, but my point being, like, for every Luka Doncic and Dirk that have immense basketball skill because they were honed in Slovenia since <laughs> they were 13, there's a Jan Vesely or a Timofey Mozgov or whoever guy. Nikolai Skidisvili. Nikolai Skidisvili, Darko that have no skill, right. have no game. <laughs> Dragon Bender, you guys that can't play. <laughs> so I don't know what he's talking about. It's not as if, like, every European dude is, like, Steve Nash. Right, exactly. If that were the case, I'd be like, look, he may have a point. You know, like, <laughs> if if I told you that, you know, every every dude that's in the league from America could be Steve Nash, then, yeah, well, I'd send him to Europe, too. But a lot of times, you'll come back like Ricky Rubio, who can't shoot. Right. I look. If I told him, yeah, look, yeah maybe maybe he grew up watching some mixtapes, he would have a, he could shoot from 30 feet. Yeah, like you Trey know, Young yeah. Good. Yeah, or Steph Curry. Right. You know, like, maybe if Rubio grew up in North Carolina and Charlotte, and his dad was Del Curry, maybe he'd have a jump shot. So, I don't know. There's so many. It's so, like, there's so many games. Maybe if Jan Vesely grew up in Akron, Ohio, you know, in the early 2000s, to, in the late 90s and early 2000s, he'd be like LeBron. I don't know. Point being, what he said was ridiculous. Yeah, that was trash. Uh, quickly on my uh, flames, I'm giving a shout-out to Monet Davis. I haven't heard that name in a minute. Yeah, I give Monet Davis. Uh, when we get that soundboard, when we get that soundboard, I'm going to get that uh, Obi-Wan soundbite whenever we have a name. Because I haven't heard that name in a very long time. Uh, <laughs> shout-out to the people who like Star Wars. And shout-out to the Imperial Broadcast. You should watch. Listen. Um, I'm giving it to Monet. We forgot about her, which is kind of sad. But, I mean, she took the world by storm like four years ago yeah. during the Little League World Series. Did you play for UConn basketball yet? No, no UConn basketball. There will not be UConn basketball. If you guys remember, she was the first girl to win a game as a starting pitcher in the Little League World Series. Now she announced that she is committed to playing at Hampton University. Hampton. Uh, shout out HBCUs. HBCUs, um, man. She's playing softball. She'll be an infielder. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah, it's cool. You see, you see a girl progress, and, you know, she had that celebrity – Status and to see her not go to college, she had, um, she was deciding over at like Penn, yeah, Penn was in there. Coppin State, uh, was BC in there? I feel like there was a Boston school in there. I don't know. There was a, it was BU a lot, maybe or something. Maybe like it was BU. There was a decent amount of schools, and uh, and 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 she chose Hampton. So I was, I mean, I just think that's a cool story. Yeah, it's like it's nice to see. And she chose Hampton because like they had like a great like engineering program. Yes, like and that. she was really into that. So I just think that whenever you see young people, you know. Continue on with their dreams and thrive and stuff. I just think that's cool. I mean, you know, we because she's not on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I don't think she shouldn't get big. Yeah, because she yeah she's not playing for UConn. Yeah, just like not going to. She's still doing awesome stuff. Stanford, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That what's happening. So I felt she deserved that shout out. So shout out to Monet Davis. She is flames this week. Yeah, man. We got quickly though. (laughs) We can run out of time for uh, flames. 
I am uh, going with the college basketball season so far, EJ. This week, we saw Arizona State at home take down the number one team in the country. That was a fantastic yeah, game. Yeah, my guy, Lugans Dort, and uh, Bobby Hurley took down the number one team in the country. And ultimately, I think all, all season, what's been flames has been the college basketball non-conference season. I'm um, kind of sad it's going because it's been amazing. We've had seems like every great team has played every great team. You know, it's it almost like like you see that in women's college basketball a lot. Like UConn will play Notre Dame, and then the next game they'll play Stanford, then the next game they'll play Louisville, the next game they'll play Mississippi State. Like that's how it's felt for some of these top teams where it's like, man, Kansas is playing Tennessee, who played uh, Gonzaga, who played North Carolina, who played Kentucky, who played Duke. Play Gonzaga. It's like it's a cycle. Who also play Tennessee. Uh, it's also this not conference season has given us uh, the the Penny Hardaway versus Rick Barnes uh, matchup, which is Ooh, also that fun. was fun. But uh, so there's been a lot, a lot of a lot of memorable moments of this not conference season. Hopefully, the conference season uh, uh, takes shape. Yeah, same yeah way. you know, expands on that. You know? Yeah. Also, I think we we you know there was. Worry that you know Zion Williamson would become like overwhelming. He, I feel like it hasn't go, it hasn't gotten out of control. No, I, I, I agree. Coverage. I think it's ESPN. They learned their lesson uh, from last year with Trey Young. Yeah, they, and they, there's still time for it to get out of. Now that we're in conference. Conference plays when the Trey Young thing got crazy. Yeah, this is what, there's time for this to get crazy. But so far, I think LeBron and the Lakers have swallowed it up a little bit. Yeah. Before last year, the NBA season was a foregone conclusion. Duke's one of those few teams like they don't really play nobody. Yeah, I mean they had a nice game against Texas Tech. Yeah, and they Texas played Tech and the Maui is only, only games they had, and the first game against Kentucky. Right. So like, but since then, like it's been a slow stretch where it's like and there's a lot of time in between all of those games. Yeah, where they're playing nobody. They're playing nobody, so people don't care. Right. Once we get to AC to ACC player, they're playing Syracuse and Louisville. Like the games will be a lot more. Uh, those, those games would be a lot more mini- Especially fun. once the NFL season ends. Uh, what's uh, I, I agree. I hope – I also shout out to these coaches for actually challenging people, challenging their teams and playing these tough the team, games. These coaches are tired of getting screwed in yeah. March. They're so like, give me Bill a South shot. sent his team to Tempe to play Arizona State. Yo, it's a Coach tough K. game. That's Coach not K. a game he had to take. Coach K, schedule or a road game, man. Yeah, he needs to do that. They, they didn't play one – still haven't played one true road game. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'll be honest. I think he doesn't like to do it because I just don't think he likes deal. I don't think he likes he likes dealing with the opposing crowds. Yeah. And I don't know if it's necessarily to him personally. I just think he doesn't like his players even having to deal with it because those those crowds are nasty to his team. Man, it's not an excuse. I'm just saying. I think that's Cal why Perry, he does. They're it. nasty to Kentucky players. Well, Cal Perry is a different breed. We they're, know that. They're nasty to Kansas players. I think it's no. You can't compare Kansas. I mean, it's not Duke. Can't compare Kansas to Duke. Kentucky's the only team I would even. Although I'd even. You know, okay, I'll give you that one. I'm not giving you anything else. The Duke is a different animal. They take abuse from other schools. It didn't help. The Kansas FBI thing hasn't helped, I don't think. No, but sure it's still not sure the same, been man. some shots taken by fans. Duke takes it worse than everyone else. What's uh, Who's who's trash this week? Who is trash? Uh, the Seattle Seahawks are trash. UK. I'm curious about this. We brought this up in the pre-meeting. I, I, didn't, I wasn't familiar with why well, they'd be trash. They gave, uh, they gave Pete Carroll an, extent, an extension this week. Um, I think he's been okay, so I don't, I don't have an issue. Yeah, there's a lot of talk that Pete Carroll might be gone. Um, they gave him an extension. I don't really care about that. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Pete Carroll, uh, Pete Carroll is a good coach. Uh, there was talk he might go to the NFL, but 
regardless, um, it is what it is. But the reason the Seahawks are trash, EJ, is a rumor that I came across uh, earlier this week. Uh, it's about the Seahawks, and it was about the Seahawks in last year's draft. Um, I don't remember who the Seahawks drafted, but they played this week, EJ, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. And there was a rumor, there was a rumor apparently that, um, this is according to Ian Rappaport the NFL Network, that if the Kansas City Chiefs had not traded up to draft Patrick Mahomes, that the Seahawks would have drafted him in the first round of last year's draft. And normally you'd be like, well, that's flames. I mean, Patrick Mahomes could be MVP. So, yeah, great. Yeah, it would have been a right. great pick. Great. What the problem is they got Russell Wilson at quarterback. So what if, what, and now that's led to talk that are they going to draft a quarterback this year? You know, I mean, maybe they draft Kyler Murray. Carroll and that brain trust know something about Russell Wilson we don't know. Do they know something we don't know? Do they he not looks, like he Russell? Looks, do, he looks like a, he could still play. I think Russell Wilson's a, easily a top 10 quarterback. Yeah. Maybe top five. Like He's definitely in the discussion. What's the problem? I mean, maybe they maybe, really yeah, loved maybe, Mahomes. I mean, like, clearly, the Kansas, City, nice. Kansas City thought Mahomes was a special talent, and they were right. Yeah. Maybe San Francisco the same thing. But it's just weird that Russell looks like he's in the prime of his career. He's going to draft a Where Alex Smith was, like, at the end, so it made sense to try to find his successor. Sometimes, like, I don't care. <laughs> like, sometimes I don't care how much you love a guy. If it doesn't make sense for your roster... Well, we it say that help. we say that now, but the last time that last team that did that, well, see, it's a little different. So the, that would remind me of what happened with Breeze and Rivers. The yeah. only difference though is that Breeze was coming off a bad year when they drafted Rivers. Yeah, and like, he wasn't a Super and, Bowl. And in fact, if Rivers didn't hold out. I think he would have got the job. A lot of weird stuff happened that year that got that happened, and then the Chargers were the best team in the NFL, yeah. or one of the best teams in the NFL. And Breeze, you couldn't they couldn't take Breeze out. Yeah. So Breeze ended up. I think he stayed one more year, and, and then, the then eventually he got hurt and he was gone. But um, but like that was the other instance where okay, you have a guy who's in it, who's entering his prime, who's still young, and they they decided to give up on him, even though he showed promise for who they thought was a special talent, which they were also right about. Like if if the Raiders drafted a quarterback in this year's draft, I'd be like fine, you know, Derek in the first Farm. round. It's a fr- he's a franchise quarterback, but like he's replaceable. You, you can upgrade from Derek Carr, obviously. You just don't think that there's like there the, is, idea, the idea you upgrade from Russell Wilson is irre- is unrealistic. It's unrealistic. And yeah, look, right they may have been right. Maybe Patrick Owens is better than Russell. I don't know if I made yeah, that case. He's better than him this but year. you can make the case. You can certainly make the case he's a better quarterback. So maybe they would have been right. But what purpose does that serve? And maybe unless they were prepared to move Russell Wilson. He's thirty years old, a little older than I expected. I would, if you would ask me, how old I would have been. But like, that means, remember, he, Mahomes is this is his rookie year. So that means they would have drafted him, knowing what was that, like twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah, he's twenty eight, twenty nine. So I mean, he's in the prime of his career. He's twenty eight at the time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That would have been. It's a very crazy. Inter- it's an interesting discussion to have. I don't. Like, I have no problem. I, I think if that happens, Russell Wilson is not on the Seahawks. I think he would have got traded that offseason. That offseason? Yeah, I don't think. You don't think you can have a first-round quarterback backing up? No, I don't. Russell Wilson. I mean, Wilson, he's like, he's he's known as one of the more stand-up guys in the NFL, but not even him. Is, he's not even taking that. That's that's disrespect. 
what's the name? Remember, Jay Cutler, he didn't even get traded. He just, just thought of him getting traded. He was like, nah, get me out of here. You're yeah. a franchise quarterback. You just don't put up with stuff like that. Yeah, that's Ben Roethlisberger. They drafted a third-round quarterback. He was like, exactly. That he kid's went dead. Yeah, he went crazy. That so kid's dead like to me. these, and he's like 40 these, years old. <laughs> yo, we can't underestimate how much these prima donna quarterbacks, how much are prima donna these quarterbacks. So we always talk about the, the receivers. receivers. These quarterbacks are prima donnas also. Yeah, they're the biggest. They're the biggest I don't think that Russell team. Wilson, his agent is gonna say no. We're getting you out of here. We know how much money and stuff you can get from another team to get you on a trade and Do sign, teams, a sign and trade. Do you think teams hear that? I mean, teams around the league may probably knew that, but, like, do you think teams maybe hear that and say, like... Do you think, like, the Giants be like, yo, you can get your quarterback and we'll take Wilson? Exactly. We'll give you ridiculous maybe. compensation. Maybe. maybe. Multiple picks. It's possible. It's possible. Especially because the, the Seahawks are kind of a weird team. They ain't going nowhere right now. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a young team, though. They're good. They're right. young. I'm not going to say... I, I don't say they're not going anywhere, but I would say that... It seems to me the chance of them winning a Super Bowl, they would need probably another year or two to be back in the Super Bowl picture. Right. Because the Rams, the Saints, at the very least, those two teams look like they, they're going to be better than them for a while. And then you never know what happened. Rodgers could turn around in a year. Um, the Eagles could turn around in a year. So it's not it's going to be tough sledding for the Seahawks a little bit. Not that they can't make the playoffs, but to win a Super Bowl to get through that, that NFC. Not until they, they replenish some of the roster. So it's like, do you decide to wait? Are you patient for the young talent to come through, or do you want a young quarterback to come up with that young talent? But how do you combine that with like the only part of your defense that's still dominant is the middle with right. Wagner, who is older? Do you get rid of him? Jay Wright, yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of a weird situation. That's why the whole Mahomes thing would have been crazy. Uh, Kendall's court. Let's get Kendall's court, man. We gotta get out of here. We're over two hours. Yep. Um. Kendall's court, EJ, we're going to go to college football. Uh, it was a uh, tough week uh, for Georgia football fans, for Kirby Smart, because, you know, they're playing in the Cotton Bowl, I believe, against Texas, or Sugar Bowl, Sugar Bowl against Texas. and But they got word that they're the biggest recruit, arguably, in school history. Uh, I don't say school history because they're Georgia. Yeah, they had Herschel Walker. Walker. It was probably a huge yeah. recruit. But the biggest recruit in the last decade for Georgia, um, Justin Fields, uh, five-star quarterback who they brought in to eventually be the successor for Jake Fromm when he moved on, uh, has decided that he will be transferring out of Georgia after one year. Uh, this is rumored. He hasn't, he hasn't come out and said it. He said he's, he's considering his options, according to Kirby Smart. But... Um, by all intents and purposes, he's got his one foot out the door, almost two. Uh, right now, the options seem to be Ohio State, Oklahoma. I've also heard UCF and UCLA being thrown out there. But it's it really, for me, this Justin Fields thing, uh, for one, one is tragic because uh, I was going to get a uh, Justin Fields. I had a Justin Fields Yo, Georgia jersey that's ordered. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Or, for Christmas, I was getting a Justin Fields Georgia jersey. So that. That, that, that yo, they, yo, when Kendall told me this, like, you literally had the jer- order jersey like two days before. Yeah, it was like a couple. Yeah, it was a couple days before. And then you hear the next day he's getting transferred. But my thing is though, that was a foolish decision by me. Yeah, I, I would say I, like I, I, you should have seen. In. You should have seen like there was a possibility the tea leaves that like he didn't play that much. He didn't play much this and year. He's a five star quarterback. And the guy that's that's there ain't going to the NFL. <laughs> so something, something, something's got to give. Right. You, 
what I was I obviously you know I've been very plugged into the situation, but his dad said he's not going anywhere like a week before. So I was like, I felt confident. I was like, look, man, his dad said he ain't going nowhere. Man, these AAU dads, you can't <laughs> listen to them guys. You cannot never yeah, never take it never take an AAU or a or a, a, a football camp a helicopter football dad. camp dad. <laughs> Don't anything they say is not worth a dime. Don't listen to ever listen to AAU or football camp dad. Yeah, so. That screwed me over, but I, I think it sheds a, a bigger light on this this era of... of he was saying that's what gets to drive the price up. <laughs> Honestly, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. The boosters from these other teams. Um, <laughs> that's how it works, man. That's kind of a joke. I usually don't say drill like that. That's usually your, your territory. Yeah, exactly, right? Easy. Don't get fired, man. I know. That's the... <laughs> like the poppy, poppy le- a levitard. Yeah, exactly. You're going to have to uh, go off the yeah, air Yeah, do the cut and the, the apology. I apologize, Justin Fields' father. <laughs> and I know you're not paying. Not, I know you're not soliciting any money. You're great. Dude. Over the table. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, Shout out to Poppy Le- uh, Levitard. Yeah, no. Nah, but what I'll say, I think it sheds a bigger light on the problems. Not problems, but just the era of quarterback play that we have now where teams are getting, like, quarterbacks are not afraid to go, like, to any school, regardless who's there. I think they all think they're very good, but they're also not afraid to transfer. Good for them. I've seen, I don't know if I can find it real quick, but. Someone went on a rant about this recently. They should, man. Well, so, no, you, someone went on a rant killing these kids. I forgot who it was. Well, killing these, I don't know about killing them. I think it was, I want to say it was Herb Street. <laughs> Herb Street would go on. Herb Street's been all one recently, though. He's been very, he, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, he's been, I don't know. Shout out to Kirk Hershey. Yeah, we gotta get him on the show. Yeah, if Hershey want to talk about what he's been on, I would gladly ask him because I don't know he's been on one recently with some of his takes. But yeah, I feel like he was killing. Oh, it was during yeah, it was during that uh, Jalen Hurts thing when he won the SC Challenger game. He like, see, this for all the kids who think they gotta just pick up and leave every time they face adversity. I'm like, shut up, Kirk Hershey. <laughs> what? Like, you know, look, Kyler Murray won the Heisman Trophy. I think it worked out for him that he left Texas and hit him. Yeah. Come on, fam. Let's stop. Yeah, so there's a list of in every year for the last seven years. Okay. A quarterback that was ranked either one or two has transferred. Phillip wow. Sims. You know, I don't even remember. This was in 2010. You remember Phillip Sims? He's played for Alabama, right? Yeah, he's at Alabama. I don't know what happened to him. Where did he go before? I think Alabama. he was at. I think he went to. Well, no, he's. This was, this was the Phillip Sims. That was Blake Sims. Oh, Phillips and they go to Alabama. There's another black quarterback, Phillips. Are they related? I, I don't think so. Okay. This is another. That been weird. The guy was like, I know you. I know my, my brother transferred, but I, I still believe in you, Saban. Yeah, Phillips Sims. This is a dude with a quarterback. He ended up going to Virginia. He made it to the league. Apparently, he, I see a picture of him on the on the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, that could be a preseason. Yeah, probably. Yeah, honestly, yeah. that's like that guy, the the, the preseason, the D leaguer that puts in his bio. You know, Orlando Magic star. <laughs> and then you're yo, like, I, I played one preseason game. I know the, you had your story. It's not the time and place, but I'm going to say it anyway. I remember there was, there was there was a female I was talking to who was like, yeah, I know this dude. He says he plays for, like, the Boston Celtics or something. <laughs> or the Magic or something. I'm like, who is it? <laughs> yo, she gave this guy's name. I didn't know who this guy was. <laughs> and if anybody knows me, like, yo, I, I like it's hard for you to name a yeah, guy. You know, like, 95 and I don't know who he is at all. Like, not like, oh, He's I didn't know he was name. in the league or anything. Or I, like, or like, oh, like and that name is recognizable. I, don't, I never heard of this dude. Like, I, I think the guy might have played, like, two games 
<laughs> when I looked yeah. at the basketball reference, you might play two games and the rest of his career has been like in the G League. Yeah. And like, yo, you got these dudes out here lying, man. <laughs> yeah, They're lying on us. So I'm not going to take a picture of Phil Sims in a uniform and believe anything. So he not, that could have been like Khalil Mack playing basketball in the Bulls jersey. He could that could have been his. Yeah, it could have been his backyard for yeah, I know. <laughs> so you got you got Phil Sims transfer bust, but then in 2011 he was the number one quarterback. Jake, Jeff Driscoll number one quarterback in the country. I remember Driscoll. He's in the league now. I think he's starting for Cincinnati, yep. but he ended up going to Louisiana Tech. Gunner Keel, remember him? I remember Gunner Keel. To Notre Dame ended up at Cincinnati. Cincinnati. He was a bust. Max Brown 2013 USC. Uh, ended up in my pit pants. Yeah, he was playing for you guys. How'd that work out? Yeah, we ended up going to Kenny Pickett. And yeah. we went to, we beat Miami. So, worked out pretty oh, well. There we go. Uh, 2014, Kyle Allen. Guy's very relevant in the, in the football news this week. He's starting for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Started out at A&M, ended up going to Houston. Blake Barnett, 2015, Alabama. Ends up, he's been at like three schools. I think he's at South Florida now. He went to Arizona State for a little bit, or vice versa. And 2016, one and two transferred. Shea Patterson, Jacob Eason, both guys obviously different schools, and Hunter Johnson last year from Clemson, now is at Northwestern. And now Justin Fields will continue to trend for the eighth year, transferring out of out of school. Look, man, this kid like look, it makes sense, man. I'm tired of these people talking about guys leaving and saying, Oh, you guys are just soft or whatever. Like, there's a limited amount of time. Coaches these, can leave whenever for they these want. dudes. Well well also there's a limited amount of time for these dudes to put on enough tape. Show these NFL scouts. Yeah, they can't, be, they can't be wasting time. Saying, oh, I may get one year yeah, just where I get a chance to finally like that, yeah. start, and like those six, those ten games, the only games I got a chance to Jake show. Jake Fromm isn't allowed. NFL, college, NFL coaches. That's not enough. Jake if Fromm, you're a elite prospect, you should go wherever you can get the most tape possible. Justin Fields, I think, knows for a fact that he's better than Jake Fromm. At least he thinks for a fact that he's better than Jake Fromm. And he's not going to let Jay Fromm be the starter for three years. So he can My thing is, I don't know. He doesn't have to believe it. He just knows that his pedigree means he should be starting. So it doesn't matter whether or not he believes it. He can think that Fromm is better. He's like, it doesn't matter. I can start anywhere else. Right. So I, I don't even know. Like, people are thinking he's on his high horse. I don't even know if it's that. He could just feel like, look, I came here to play. I'm not playing. Okay, this guy's really good. doesn't matter. Like, I'm wasting my time. I'm not going to sit behind because this guy's better. Like, I shouldn't have to worry about that. All right. He's just being efficient. Right. And apparently... He's got a case to play next year. The case is pretty wild, but... What is his case? Apparently, he's hiring the same lawyer that Shea Patterson got. Shea Patterson ended up getting eligible to play at Michigan immediately. His case is that... I don't know if you remember the incident with the Georgia baseball player. That Definitely don't remember. You don't remember Georgia baseball player. There was a Georgia baseball player during a Georgia football game that was in the... He was in the stands and, like, calling the N-word. Said, he said, put the N... Quarterback can put the end in the game or whatever, talking about Justin Fields. Jesus Christ. Uh, the guy got outed. Guy got cut from the baseball team or whatever. That's crazy. Man. And so, yeah, I, know. I, can't, I don't even know. Some people wonder if that even played a role, like, behind the scenes. Like, he's like, I got to get that. I got to yeah. get out of here, man. Like, I got to go to Ohio State. It's like a, you know, little, it's a little better. Ohio isn't great yeah, either, Cl- but it's a little Columbus, better. Columbus is probably a little more, uh, yeah. more forgiving than little, Athens. <laughs> yeah, Athens, George. But regardless, uh, the. The rationale is that he's been he was put under distress. Um, also, they could even throw in the fact that he's a baseball player. That I mean, for a while it was question whether he was going to play baseball or football, similar to Kyler Murray, and that he may want to play baseball at Georgia. Right. But he can't I, I, play baseball if one of the dudes on the team, or maybe the team is a little racist, you know, or is a perceived racist, and 
So he's got to go to another school because he's been put under they stress think that, that case one win. They think this case can win? They think they, they think they've won already. Well, I do feel like the NCAA, like they don't want smoke with these guys who want to play immediately. We've no. seen it more and more now. That guy, you know, 90% of the guys that transfer, they can just play next These year. dudes are going to lawyer up like crazy. Yeah. They, these dudes got money. Like, oh, Where my, are they getting my, the money my, from? My we auntie's sick. My cousin's sick. It, it's not worth it. They're not even fighting these guys anymore. They used to fight these guys tooth and nail. Because it's gonna. they know it's going to start up a, lar- a larger conversation. And it looks worse if they fight them. Yeah. They're they better off just letting them do play. It doesn't harm anybody. Yeah. They, like, they know less people are going to complain about, how is this guy playing immediately than, like, yeah. The NCAA transfer system is so rigged. And if we keep it 100, it's best for business if Justin Fields is out on the field. He's an unbelievable talent that everybody wants to see play. Yeah. Did the NCAA care that Shea Patterson kind of probably had a nonsense reason for playing this No, it was absolutely awesome. Because Michigan football was live and everybody was excited about it. They had a franchise player, quote-unquote. And everybody made Michigan football relevant, which is better for college football. So a lot of Michigan fans wearing Shea Patterson jerseys. Yeah. How they got them, I don't know. But... (laughs) <laughs> same I, way you same way you got your Justin Fields jersey. How do you get my Justin Fields jersey? <laughs> I can't say. But Hobie, you should send Justin Fields a check, man. You you using his likenesses. You gotta send man. him. You gotta uh, find out where his next school I, is I, and get that kid a check. Because that you, you exploiting his. I, I feel like I, I admitted to a, uh, a violation. Violation. Yeah, violation on air. I'm where I, I bought a Justin Fields jersey from the black market. Well, as long as he didn't autograph it, you didn't give him any cash for it. You're, he's fine. Yeah, I know, right. Uh, shout out to Justin Fields. NCAA's going to come after Everyone the show. That, that's about. what I'm worried about. <laughs> Justin Fields going to come after the Look, show. if Mark Emmert wants to come and talk to me, he can get five hours of this. Sport. All right, EJ, we got to go. He can get five hours of this. Right, if Mark go, Emmert wants to talk to me about what the NCAA is doing, he can come get this smoke. I'm not afraid of Mark Emmert. <laughs> uh, that's a good place to end the show this week. Um, it's a little long, but we didn't give y'all a show for two weeks, so this was the best we could do. Um Next week could be big, man. I don't want to. Te- I don't want to give it away, but we're trying something hopefully exciting next week. But it's it's pretty much confirmed. But I don't want to say it until we do it. So we got something really neat for you guys. The plan is to definitely be back next week for more sports talk. And shout out to uh, the new year, man. Uh, thank you guys for staying sticking with us, people who've listened to our show. You stayed on this podcast at two hours and 17 minutes, and y'all are really with us right now. Um, but uh, if you stayed to the end of this podcast and you stayed with us all year, thank you again for listening to our show all year or if you, whenever you started. Um, it's been a great experience for me and Kendall. Do this sports talk show. We've seen the show Elevate. We've seen our whole channel on YouTube and on SoundCloud and iTunes Elevate. And we got even bigger stuff happening for 2019. So keep you guys... We'll keep you guys in the loop. Keep supporting us. And we're going to keep doing this stuff, man. This is our passion. and We love it. So thank you guys for listening in. Hope you guys had a happy holidays. Hope you guys have a happy new year. We'll be back in 2019. Bigger, stronger, and better than ever. For Kendall, for, for me, I'm EJ. 